This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, happy Wednesday. How the heck are you? The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, 24-7, 365. You never have to pay to chat with one of the best injury attorneys in the country. You can do it live online for free at theadvocates.com because you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Holy cow. We have a busy show for you as always. And it's interesting um, on days like this, I am curious where your guys, where, where your head's at. Cause we have a lot of breaking news today. Um, this Bosa story in San Francisco, uh, the 49ers um, who I think for the longest time uh, were struggling to figure out what they were going to do um, with Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has reached a five-year, $170 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers. Absolutely a game changer. There is no question Nick Bosa is one of the most important defensive players in that locker room. But are you really telling me he's worth $170 million? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for the 49ers, it's a situation where this this guy's a playmaker. This guy was, you know, getting getting ready to get real comfortable on his couch for week one, and, and now that all goes away. Obviously, now he reports and is, I would assume, ready to go. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, for uh, uh, a Super Bowl contender, because I think that's what we need to call them, you know, obviously we need to see just how good Brock Purdy's going to be coming well. off the UCL. But, but you know, uh, all things considered, if he can just be better than what they've had, uh, and then Bosa can make plays for you, and and obviously your defense as a whole lives up to it as it always does. Uh, they're they're going to be a really good team, and and I think this is one of those where where yeah sure do I like the fact that I believe it's uh, what 126 of this is guaranteed yeah um you know that's a pretty heavy number for this for this contract jeez but, you think but ultimately <laughs> ultimately the way I you know if I was the 49ers and advise him the way I think about it is hey like. You know, when we get down to it, when, when we're when we're in November and, and you're playing for the division or we're in, you know, November and you're trying to, you know, find your way and you need to play at the end of a game, Man. he's going to run the quarterback down. And, and I think that's really what you're paying for here. Yeah, it looks like uh, Travis Kelsey of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs will not play uh, tomorrow night. He does not have ACL damage, but he has a severe uh, bruise on his knee. Uh, this Caleb Williams story at SC, Caleb Williams is threatening to skip the NFL draft because he does not want to play for the Arizona Cardinals, which I, I don't think we have ever seen this play out this way. Obviously, you had the Eli Manning, San Diego Chargers situation. Okay, I think totally different. This is a kid saying, hey, I'm making enough money in college and he made $3 million last year, mm -hmm. Caleb Williams. Won the Heisman Trophy. This is a situation where I'm making so much money in college that I, I don't have to kowtow to the almighty NFL because I don't want to play for the Arizona Cardinals, which is remarkable. And I think it's actually really smart. Why would you, why would you if you're Caleb Williams, 
want to go and play for the Arizona Cardinals. Caleb's dad told GQ Magazine that it's a racket and that that guys like Baker Mayfield, Kyler uh, Murray, he pointed to you know Archie Manning back in the day, talking about how all their careers were ruined because of where they were drafted in the NFL, and he doesn't want his son to see a similar fate. Thanks. I don't know that Caleb Williams is ultimately going to be able to avoid the Arizona Cardinals because they suck out loud every year, let's be honest. But I think this is a, a brilliant move. I think this is also the very first time that we have seen a big-time athlete leverage NIL, Jake, and I think this is exactly what NIL was was designed to do. Yeah, and I, and I think it just provides a layer of security for for guys at Caleb Williams' level because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with his dad. I mean, where you go, especially as a quarterback, you know, really determines, you know, how much of a launch you get. I mean, I, I look at Zach Wilson and the Jets, and this is somebody who was who was basically left for dead until AR-12 happened, right? I mean, until Aaron Rodgers' situation, if you will, started to, you know, boil over in Green Bay and the Jets trade thing started to pop up, Zach Wilson was left for dead. This was a guy who was going to struggle to finish his rookie contract, was going to struggle to to renew, certainly. And so, you know, yeah, I, I definitely think your situation matters. You know, Kyler Murray and the yeah. Arizona Cardinals, yeah. like, Kyler's just somebody who who isn't good enough. I mean, yeah, sure, he's got talent, but with Kyler, there are multiple times where it's like, yeah, he made the wrong play. He ran too much. He did this. He did, like, you're just not good enough. So is that all in the organization? No, but I agree with the sentiment that where you get drafted plays a big-time you know, factor in how long you play in the league. But ultimately, this is why players wanted NIL. Mm -hmm. They wanted NIL to have leverage. They wanted NIL to help them make better decisions that benefited themselves. That's exactly what this is. This is the first time, and I don't know in the comment section, I, I, if you guys remember one that I'm forgetting, I don't remember a kid saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to follow the traditional path because I'm making enough money in NIL that I don't have to. Mm-hmm. He, he, and it's a huge risk. There's no doubt about that. The NFL guaranteed money is a is a, a golden parachute for generations. And if you're Caleb Williams and you're this talented, and there's a good chance he'll be back-to-back -back Heisman Trophy, Caleb Williams, that he'd come back and play another year at SC would, would be shocking. It'd be shocking, but again, I think this is why we have NIL. This is why we have NIL. And I, I think it is, I think it's exactly what Caleb Williams should be doing, trying to control his destiny. Yeah, and, and I have the, no problem with it. Dude, for Caleb Williams, I think the other factor here, too, is the Big Ten. I mean, you know, you, you're talking about, you know, a guy who's got access to the college football playoff. And, you know, he currently plays in the undefeated 13-0 Pac-12 right now, you know, which we're going to talk a lot about today. I mean, he's playing in a good football conference. There's no doubt about that. And I think for Caleb Williams, when you look at the path you're going to take, I mean, dude, if you're number one this year, who's to say you can't be number one next year? I mean, again, yep. if next year we're talking about him having skipped the draft and then goes out and dominates the Big Ten and takes SC to its first, you know, Big Ten championship and they go to the college foot like, dude, that, I mean, he's going to be number one again next year too. So I just, for him, yes, it is a risk, obviously, on the injury front, but I think he's done so much in college football from a scouting perspective that even if he were to blow out his knee, you're still, you're st he's still a top 10 draft pick any way you slice it. So for yeah. this guy, like, I just think it, there's no reason to be an Arizona Cardinal. I agree. Yeah, I would not want to play uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And I see a lot of people 
Uh, Roundabout says NIL was not designed to allow players to give the NFL the middle finger. Just stop. Nobody said it was designed for the for college players to give the the NFL the middle finger. It was designed to allow them to make better, more educated decisions that they feel like are better for their lives, to give them financial freedom and allow them to make money when everybody else around them is already making money off of them. Yeah, I mean, what happens when you get to decide or make a decision that's not based on money as a Caleb Williams, let's say, or, you know, whoever you want to point to? Like, again, you know, uh, Bosa's, the Bosa brothers, let's say, or the CJ Strouds of the world, any of these top-end prospects coming out of college before NIL didn't have the ability to be like, yeah, you know, dude, I'm not going to the league because why? When's the last time we heard a player saying, yeah, I don't need NFL money right now. I can wait. You used to have, I remember when Christian McCaffrey skipped his bowl game all those years ago and people were pissed about that. Go back to the guys who've tried to get in the league early. We've seen that several times. Maurice Claret at at, at Ohio State comes to mind um, as a guy who sued and tried to get into the NFL early. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was totally different. You, You know, if I go back and think all the way to. Um, oh my God, the Denver Bronco quarterback, uh, the baseball player. Oh my God, horse face, uh, John Elway. Uh, if you go back to John oh, Elway, I, I thought we were talking about Tim Tebow for a minute. My bad, my bad. Sorry, sorry. Why would you bring God into this? Um. Anyway, go back to John Elway. I, I'm pretty sure John Elway threatened to go play baseball and and was a baseball player. It, it like they're. This is not the first time we've seen a player trying to control his destiny. This is the first time a player has control of his destiny. Yes. As a star player who can say, yeah, I don't need the NFL's money. I'm going to stay at SC. I'm going to stay in college. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. And I'm, you know what? For Caleb Williams, I'm thrilled. Man, people get all pissy about it. Like, dude, it ultimately, like, change is happening, right? Like, whether it's this whole... You know, everyone's, you know, just raging affinity for Colorado right now after what happened or this Caleb William thing or whatever, dude. Like, things are changing, and I think that players need the ability to leverage their position, and and they deserve that ability. And I just – I don't know, dude. I agree NIL wasn't created or – you know, designed with the intent to give players the ability to, you know, give the NFL the bird. But at the same time, that's ultimately what it leads to. You're giving them the ability to make decisions that are not based in finances. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I agree 100%. Gage Carter says he's a baby. Tarrant County says Jake's hitting puberty. What the hell does that mean, bro? I'm not sure. Uh, Phoenix Master. No, I'm sorry. This is not your subject. Uh, Arizona fans can't catch a break. No, it's bad. Uh, Jim Choi, Caleb's in Wendy's commercials, uh, and is Pepper Dr. Pepper. Okay. Okay, Jim. Uh, John Teal gives us $2 to say Elway told the Colts, no, uh, I'll play for the Yankees. Correct. Absolutely correct. All I have in this world is my balls and my word, and I don't break them for no one. Right. Uh, Cleveland Rocks gives us $10. Thank you, Cleveland. Observations. Ohio State has quarterback issues. The three teams in the Big 12 that are expected to challenge for a championship won easily. Four or five star players don't guarantee victory. Clemson 56, Duke 2. <laughs> it was a wild week. Clemson fan is so bitter. Clemson You're fan is so upset. So bitter, dude. Clemson fan is upset. It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. There's no doubt. Uh, Mike Smith, Eli was drafted by the Chargers. He, he was. 
But where did he end up? He got traded to the Giants. That's my point. Uh, Rick Olson says Bo Nix came back because Bo Nix is not an NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's there's a very big difference. Are we really comparing Bo Nix? Come on now. Uh, San Diego State Aztec. Glenn, how are you? Shuh, there's only one horse face. This one's for John. <laughs> I probably feel no guilt at all that that's how I recalled his name. Mm-hmm. Horse you know, face? Horse face. Yeah. You know. Uh, Flat Earth Society. Okay. Uh, Monty, your bitterness towards Harbaugh is funny. He is odd. Think of the 59 Eagle Scout. That's him. The hate is just weird to me. I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. Some of it's entertainment. 99.9% of it is Jim Harbaugh is a selfish a-hole You're a uh, who doesn't have regard for the kids in his program. And who, the, the, the problem I have with Jim Harbaugh is the arrogance. I don't like the arrogance. Yeah. I don't like that Jim Harbaugh thinks he's bigger and better than everybody because he's not. It's a wee fence. And he thinks that saying shit like we fence, excuse my French, he, th- he thinks like saying stuff like we fence is some, oh, I'm, I'm hipper than everybody else. I'm suspended, but I still do my weekly press conference because I'm not really suspended. It's self-imposed. Like, <laughs> the guy's just, he's. What a douche. Come on now. Come on now. You know, I, I, I am, I am. Yeah, I don't know. The shtick gets tired. With Jim, because he doesn't it win does. national championships, dude. It like, does. yes, you might be a strong contender in the Big Ten, sure. But, dude, I mean, at some point, you you, you really have to have the hammer on the Ohio State. And I know, I know. Here comes Ohio State fan. And he and does your, right now. And all your Buckeye stickers on your helmet. You're going to tell me, well, we beat them twice and, and once at the shoe. What are you talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is that Ohio State regularly, consistently, eight out of ten games is dominating you. Like, it's two games, dude. It's time to move on from that and beat them again. Listen, I that's great. That's doing your job. I'm not going to pat you on the back for paying child support. You're supposed to be Ohio State. You're the Michigan Wolverines. I'm just not a Harbaugh guy. I'm not. I am not a Harbaugh guy in any way, shape, or form. Roundabout. I came in late. Maybe I missed a part where it was said that Caleb was skipping to play his senior year. What do you mean skipping to play his senior year? That's that's not at all why he is coming back. You guys, it's in GQ magazine. Yeah, dude. Listen to what his father said. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of their desire for parity gets, <laughs> excuse me, gets the first pick. Um, so it's gift. It's a gift and a curse. I mean, I've talked to Archie Manning. His career was shot because he went to horrible organizations. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not skipping the NFL draft because he wants to be a senior. He's skipping the NFL draft because he doesn't want to be on a terrible team, and he he's pointing this at the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he talked to Kyler Murray. He talked to Lincoln Riley. He doesn't want to be an Arizona Cardinal. That's exactly what this is. Because well, it's the Ra- the projections are the Raiders, yeah. the Saints, yep. the Cardinals, or the Cowboys. Those are the four teams projected. And the Cowboys, that feels out of left field, but maybe it happens. Those are the four teams projected to have the worst records in the NFL by some. He doesn't want to play for the Arizona Cardinals. 
He just does not, and I don't blame him. Yeah, and by the way, if you have access to Lincoln Riley, you really think he doesn't have access to Cliff Kingsbury? You think he doesn't have access to a guy that was the head coach of the football team? Like, dude, come on. I, I will again say I love the idea that Caleb Williams is empowered to make this decision because the money's not the overreaching goal here. It's not the the main thing in his life. Mm-hmm. This is the part where I said we've never seen this before, where a kid said, I don't need the money. I am going to go do what I want to do, which is stay at SC. We've never seen that before. We're in a control right? position. Especially not somebody that was going to be the number one pick in the draft, mm-hmm. which Caleb Williams would be. There's no doubt. Delaric. Uh, will with NIL, we see more players using all of their college eligibility because they don't need NFL to earn. I think it's that simple. I think that's huge. I, I this is something of of note that we as fans need to follow yes. all season long. Yep. We need because injury is going to change this SC's fortunes because I think they're going to have a very difficult time running the table in in November. I mean, there's a lot of situation here that's going to have to play out. There's a lot of situation that's going to have to play out, and it's something we have to watch very closely. Um, and I, 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 speaking of SC, I think the question of the day, by the way, is the Pac-12 the best college football conference in America right now? And my real question is, how would you look at any other conference as being better than an undefeated Pac-12 conference? Big wins, big wins on national TV. You know, Oregon, Washington, you look at Utah beating Florida. I think the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country, top to bottom right now. I look at the way DJ Uyunglele played at Oregon State. I thought he was fantastic that Stanford and Cal got wins. You look at this conference and you look at Jaden Rashad at Arizona State. I, I think you look at the, 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 the Cam Wards at Washington State. The quarterback play in this conference, and I know we've talked about this a lot this summer, but the quarterback play in this conference is ultimately going to determine who wins and who loses. And Jake, I think right now the best quarterback play and the best football play is in the Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's a conference full of of talents at quarterback. And I think that, you know, Caleb Williams is just the the tip of the iceberg, if you will. I mean, you again, it's, it, it's Oregon State. It's Washington. I mean, there are so many guys in this league that can play. And I think the the trouble is for the Pac-12 is that I, I feel like we have this conversation every year. And it's like, hey, we're really strong. We get big wins early in the year. Like, we play our ass off early in the year. And then it kind of fizzles out when we get later in the year. And I'm not exaggerating with this. The hyper on the Pac-12 fizzles out later in the year. And why do you think that is? Well, it's because soccer writer guy doesn't watch. East Coaster doesn't watch. You know why? Because it's dark outside. Nobody wants to stay up to watch a West Coast conference. And I think that's a huge thing for all these West Coast schools that have come to the Midwest and the Big Ten and the Big 12. You're going to get people that have to watch because you're playing K-State. You're playing Ohio State. You're playing whoever. Like You're not giving them a choice when the matchup is as big as it's going to be. Or when Dion is coaching the team that is playing your team or is on the TV. Because the other thing, look at the Colorado TCU number. My God. Do you believe? Seven million plus tuned in to watch Dion. I didn't say Colorado. To watch Dion take on TCU. Seven million people 
So not only are you undefeated as a league, not only do you have the biggest name and the biggest story in college football in Deion Sanders, but you also have the best quarterback league in the country and the best quarterback play in the country. Never mind that Cam Rising did not play for Utah. Mm -hmm. Let's not overlook that fact. You have everything right now in front of you. I don't think there's any question going to week two. The Pac-12 is the best conference in the country for football. But I also don't think there's any question the Pac-12 is going to eat itself here coming into to October. I have no doubt about it. It's what has ailed this conference for 12 years is that you have never been able to, to do what Georgia is doing in the SEC cupcake schedule, mm-hmm. to do what Ohio State and Michigan are doing in the Big Ten cupcake schedule. You, you just don't have that, that option in the Pac-12 because it's 12 teams that are all individual and unique and run their faces into each other. And it's why I question USC's ability to run the table late in the year because the schedule becomes so difficult. Mm -hmm. It's what you want to talk about Bo Nix. What happened to Bo Nix last year? Bo Nix ran into that Beaver buzzsaw and frankly ended their hopes at the college football playoff. Yep. Now you put up 81 points with Bo Nix and maybe Oregon's trying to prove a point. Real. Is there anybody that doubts Oregon's a college football playoff team today? Because I don't. I look at Michael Penix in, in Washington. That's a college football playoff team. Yep. Caleb and SC, that's a, that's a college football playoff team. I look at Utah's defense. That's the best defense in, in the conference, and I think it's a top five defense in the country. They could easily be a college football playoff team. Yeah, they're going to have to get through the conference first. And I know it pisses everyone off. Oh, but the SC, the uh, the SEC, the SEC. Yeah. And and I know the SEC has been winning championships left and right. I don't dispute that. But we're not talking about winning championships right now. We're talking about the best conference in the land. And I think I I I think the Pac-12 has a real stake at that. And it's really again I, I keep saying it. It's really unfortunate that this conference died because again this is the type of quality it produces on the football field. They just can't seem to get it done in winning season at the end of the year. And that's what I think the the quite literally the double-edged sword is. You have such a good conference that none of your teams can survive, and that's the problem. Yeah, I think it's – and I think it's a significant problem. I think it is a significant problem, and that if you're a fan of the Pac-12, you had better enjoy it while you can. Oh, look who's back. Aaron Wilson, after well, taking a day off. Well, well. After taking a day off, look who's back. Oh. Look who's back from Wyoming. Wow, wow, wow. Good to see you, Aaron. Good to see you. Uh, Let's see. Provo Cougar fan. Too bad there isn't a 12-team college football playoff this year. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, JC, what conference doesn't eat itself? The SEC does not eat itself. Nope. The Big Ten does not eat itself. Nope. The ACC, ACC's ever deeper. And Florida State now. Did you guys see Brett McMurphy today? And I want to make sure I get this right. Because the good old Brett, I don't know if Brett McMurphy is just trying to stir the pot. There's some wild shit going on right now. But I don't know what my guy is doing when he's he's doing these bull projections. Like, hey, hey, come on now. Come on now. Um, he's, hey, Brett, just, it's, it's week two. Can we just not do bull projections? Look at me. Can we, can we just wait? And I, I love the fact that, hey, LSU and Florida State drew 9 million viewers. But I love that Colorado and TCU drew 7.2 million viewers, and people are ripping the Pac-12 for that. 
as though because it's Dion drawing the 7.2, there's a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I, there's no way to have a problem with the, the Pac-12. The, the biggest story in college football is Deion Sanders in Colorado, and he currently resides in the Pac-12. Might be for just 15 more minutes, but he currently resides in the Pac-12, and they drew 7.2 million fans to the two. Yep. Like, that. there's there's no way to spin that. No way around it, man. There is there is I, dude, no way to spin I, that. I think, I think uh, again, and, and I'm sure you guys have gotten your, your fill probably 10 times over on Dion talk, but I think, dude, Dion deserves a lot of credit, man. And I know it's only one game, but but I, I agree with all the people saying, hey, he's already been more successful than they were. Right, he's already changed the tide of that program, and and everyone's like, oh, well, it's only one win. They had one win last year. Okay, great. Difference is one win is week one, not week ten. Like it's different. And yeah. by the way, he's making them a crap load of money. So, you know, yeah, I I think it's again, just gonna keep saying it. This conference is very healthy on the football field. And you're starting to get a taste of what the Big 12 and the Big 10 are going to be like. Yep, I agree. Mike Smith, good afternoon to you. If it has not already, Caleb should take some of that NIL money and get some Lloyds of London type insurance. He has it. And SC helps him provide it in case he gets hurt and cannot play again or draft stock drops. Yeah, he absolutely has it. And SC helps him pay for that policy. So, yeah, it is absolutely the case. Uh, Stephen Keel says, yeah, you say Michigan has not won when has the PAC? What has that got to do with anything? What is what is the Pac-12's lack of college football playoff presence? What has that got to do with Jim Harbaugh being an abject failure as a football coach at Michigan? What what are we comparing the two for? Um, Why aren't you asking how come SMU or the AAC or the ACC or the oh because you can't talk directly about Jim Harbaugh being nothing but a failure at Michigan? Because that's what he's been. yeah. And I, I, I'm tired of, like, Utah got blown out in the Rose Bowl and play no defense in the pack. So, uh, clearly, I'm just going to guess you've never seen Utah play a football game. Because that's one of the most foolish statements I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and we're not Come the on. only ones who respect Utah's defense. Come on. Come on now. Uh, Jim Choi, Pac-12 constantly cannibalizes each other every year. Yes. Every single year. Yes. Every year they do. Uh, Derek Myrie says Michigan is the truth. I don't doubt they're more talented. I don't doubt that Jim and his staff have done a good job recruiting and that this is one of the most talented teams. Now you need to, in his final year at Michigan, you need to go and show us that, that you're the truth because you haven't been the truth in I don't know how long. Michigan. In Jim, fact, you've been everything except the truth. Jim Harbaugh has been nothing short of a massive disappointment and his NFL threat every summer is getting old. And I'm not even a Michigan fan. And I, I'm just, I'm over with it. I, I just can't do it. You know. Um, let's see. Who else? Boy, there is some heat in the comment section today. What are people pissed about? Man. I, 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 I am amazed by it. I am amazed by it. I, it is, we'll see. Kaufman, I still think it's way too early to say any conference is the best after week one. Okay, well, who's the best conference after week one? Back 12. Yeah. I don't. Is this 13 really. 13 and 0. Is it really objectionable that the pack. And I, I'm happy. Let's do a poll on it. Yeah. Let's do a poll on it. Okay. Start the poll. Guys, 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 guys. We're doing a poll. Is the pack 12 the best football conference in America? Do you believe? 
Let's see. Start the poll. There you go. The poll has been posted in the chat. Is the Pac-12 the best football conference in America? Here we go. Or excuse me, in America. Merca. 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 I don't know how you say no. Objectively, I don't know how you say well, no. Well, I just think there are too many people out there who have the take that Utah sucks and they don't play defense. Like, dude, if you're if you're that guy, you, you need to step down off your high horse as whatever fan you are and go watch some Utah football tape because I guarantee you their defense is better than yours. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, I was here yesterday. No, you weren't. Really? No, you weren't. Really? Oh, no. We were looking for you. You were not here. Yeah. You were not here, dog. Harry, Harry Austin, SEC is overrated as a conference. It's top-heavy, but the conference is poor after that. Well, somebody forgot to tell Lane Kiffin that. Um, I, 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 I would largely agree that the SEC has been top-heavy. I don't think that's the case. They're not certainly the Big Ten who's a two-and-a-half-team conference. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the SEC this year, I would expect Georgia, Tennessee, I'm a little surprised Florida is just that bad. Florida just got that ass swooped. Yeah, uh, They were that bad. But Bama, certainly, I have high expectations for Arkansas, Old Miss, A&M, LSU, huge disappointment in LSU. LSU sucking out loud absolutely hurts them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think if you look at the ACC, isn't the ACC top heavy when you look at Florida state now Clemson at the bottom, but I mean, obviously Duke's going to be a problem for everybody. I think Miami's in a very interesting position. North Carolina is the truth. That's a good football team, but nobody has the depth that the PAC 12 has right now. If you go down the PAC 12, I think I could put at. USC's got the best offense. I think arguably the best offense in the country. Yeah. The best offense in the conference. I think Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Washington, all legit. I think Washington State's going to win a lot of games that you don't think they should win. And I actually was really impressed with Pac-10, Jed Fish in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was really, I was, I was pleasantly surprised um, at how efficient they looked offensively. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised I mean, at how well Jaden Rashada played for Arizona State. There's no doubt the bottom of the conference is coming up. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Certainly. But is Cal and Stanford? No, they're not. They're not. Is Washington State going to win 10 games? No, no, they're not. Is Oregon State? Yeah, they are. There is balance. There is depth. I think there is a lot that you like in the Pac-12, and I I just don't have any doubt. I don't have any doubt that they are the best conference in the country here here and now, right here today. Yeah. On September 6th, yeah, absolutely they are. 57 uh, to 43 in the poll uh, that's up in the uh, comment section here on YouTube. 133 votes, 57% say yes. I'd love to hear... Yes, yes, yes. You know, in the in the in the comment section, if it's not the Pac-12, who is it? Yeah, let's hear from all the unbelievers. Uh, Hello, Billy gives us five dollars to say Pac-12 is great. Can't wait to see how they do next year in a twelve-team playoff. Oh, that's right, cold blood. Mm. There was no reason for that shot, sir. Um. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Hero seventy-five for ten dollars. I hope the next year the Big Ten and the Big Twelve organize cross-conference games. With old pack teams, 
it'd be interesting to see if those games bring more viewers as Big Ten versus Big 12 games and Pac-12 games. Well, I mean, if you look at the numbers and you start to, to really pay attention to what games people watched this week, they, we, are, we are front runners by nature of being fans. I mean, Ohio State, Indiana drew 4.6 million viewers. How many of those do you think were Indiana fans? 12? Not million, like 12 total, I think. Um, uh, I mean, Penn State drew 3.5 million against West Virginia. Nebraska mini was 3.5 million. Carolina, Carolina, 3.4. Oregon State, San Jose State. How about Oregon State, San Jose State drawing 3.2 million? You keep doubt me on Oregon State, my friends. Yeah, man. Texas. Oregon State outdrew Texas. Texas and Rice, 3.2 million. You know. Northwestern Rutgers, 2.7. The idea that Northwestern Rutgers got 2 million views is crazy. Uh, remarkable. I'm just, I, I'm telling you, man, college football is healthy yeah. and dominant. Healthy and dominant, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Healthy and dominant, without question. Uh, Oh, Ruff's official is here. Wow. You'll notice they only hate on certain people. Well, but isn't that what everybody does? Yeah, isn't that that how that, I mean, are we supposed to hate everybody? We're supposed to hate nobody? Dude, the uh, dude, if your team Jim <laughs> it's Harbaugh, one of the dumbest that, things that, I've ever seen. Dude, if you're if you're trying to say that we shouldn't hate Jim Harbaugh, it is what it is, man. I, yeah, I yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Phoenix Master, the power of free to air stations. Let let's put Arizona Wildcats on there every week. Well, I think that's coming. I I absolutely think that's coming. Um, Ruffs also says they'll hate on SMU and slob all over BYU. When have we slobbed all over BYU? Well, thanks for, for being here and commenting, though. JC, Penn State has a lot of priests watching them. Guy, come on. <laughs> That's terrible. You know, posted proof I was here from the beginning of the show in the members-only chat, so you boys see it. I knew today would be shitty. <laughs> that was you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. Aaron, are you okay, dude? Aaron's a Texas Tech fan, was. not a Wyoming fan. Uh, oh, he'll always. Uh, that's some weird record type front running there, Monty. What's some weird record type front running? Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? I I, I don't know what you mean by that. Today feels like we have a yeah. weird karma. Now. I don't know what's going on. Why is likes the fight guy in the chat today? I, I don't know what's going on, but it feels like we have some weird energy in the hizzy today. Sorry if you're offended by that. Maybe we should we. This is the Monty I mean, do we show. need to start the over here? Sports talk streaming. You- oh, I know what we need. I know what we need. We need to hit a buck shot. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get it done. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Had a long discussion with a bunch of you last night. And we're like, my blood raz is sold out in buckshot. Make them stock it again. Reached out to the CEO. He said they're working on it. Cheers, friends. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Bucked Up Energy, the buckshot's amazing. 200 milligrams of caffeine, you guys. It's just a mental brain lift. That's what it is. It is. Uh, what I refer to it as is it, it is an adrenaline shot for your brain. Because you just feel better. You have more energy. You get a mental lift. You think better. You can concentrate. You got those TPS reports to do in the afternoon. Buckshot. Yes. 
You need to go work out. You want a little more focus. Use their BAMF. Use their, you know, use any of the bucked up pre-workouts. You're just going to rock your workout. PR day, bucked up pre-workout, right? Everything they make from their collagen peptides, their um, all of their pre-workout, all of their BCAAs, all of their products have good ingredients and they simply do what they tell you they're going to do. You need low stim, they have low stim, 100 milligram, no caffeine. Uh, you need high stim, they've got all kinds of stuff for you. Banff, I- I'll tell you, Kalimba Moger's Banff product is so good. Well, My wife bash. loves it. But they're multivitamin. They're, I love their collagen peptide, mm-hmm. hair, nails, and skin. Amazing, you guys. Hook it up. Use the promo code MONTY20 at checkout. And yes, they have watermelon buckshot. It is sitting there on the website. I checked it right before the show. Go get it right now, buckedup.com. It is not only in stock, it is on sale. And if you use the promo code MONTY20, it's a huge saving on buckshot. So go check it out, uh, buckedup.com. Uh, make sure you tell me you heard about it. On the Monty Show, Tarrant County boy. Monty hates khakis. I do. I never wear them. I never wear them. <laughs> he's, not, he's not talking about the pants. He's not talking what about, yeah, I think he is. He's not I, talking about I, the pants. But I think he is. No. Uh, Daniel Dixon says, bucked up pink lemonade is the bomb. It is really good. Cherry candy bucked up, you guys. Let's go. It is so good. Uh, J.K. Marshall says, Harbaugh makes Monty sad. He doesn't. The thing that, again, I think we get into a place in college sports where we turn coaches into gods. But who, who's, like, we're talking about Nick Saban. That's a guy you should laud and give the benefit of the doubt. What Nick is, Saban is a better man than you are. What has Jim Harbaugh done to earn that? Well, he won a national championship. Never. What has Jim Harbaugh done to earn that? He plays in a soft conference. Essentially a two-team conference until next season. But right now it's a two-team conference. What is Jim Harbaugh down to do that? What, what, is, what is he goaded at? And this whole, the, the cherry on top of the Harbaugh, you know, Sunday of hate, is that he openly has disdain for the rules and now wants to attack the NCAA. So it's not that it's not that I just I I just for some reason hate Jim Harbaugh. As a Bears fan, shouldn't I love Jim Harbaugh? I should, but I I just think he's what's wrong with college football. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? He's what's wrong with it. Yeah. That that's that for me, Jim I, wants I, to stir the pot, dude. There's I no doubt. Look, I look at I look at Jim Harbaugh. He's a lovely regular season coach in a very, very mediocre Big Ten. He sh- if you look at his schedules over, I don't know, call it the last three seasons, go look at his schedules and you tell me how many, how many big games has Jim Harbaugh won and you're like, my God, my God. You got to get stroked. Jim Harbaugh. Holy, how did he ever? I'm so bricked up right now. Last year, Jim Harbaugh goes undefeated until the Fiesta Bowl and loses to TCU by beating Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana. 
Penn State, bye week. Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois. And then his big win last year was at Ohio State. Right, who, who here is impressed with that schedule? Man, that's really, is that anywhere as tough as the Pac-12 schedule? Then in 2021, Western Michigan, Washington, at Michigan, he beat Washington. Good win, 31 to 10. NIU, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska, bye week. Northwestern, Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State, good win. At Happy Valley, he won. Maryland, Ohio State, Iowa, and then lost to Georgia in the Capital One Bowl. So you're you're winning all these easy cupcake games in the Big because Ten. Because it's garbage. And you're winning the games, to his credit, Jim Harbaugh has won the game he's supposed to win, Ohio State. Do you want to beat Ohio State or do you want to beat TCU? Because mm. in my mind, I'm thinking you probably want to win both those games, but Jim Harbaugh's not that guy. Yeah. And so. even in the, the, the COVID-shortened year, they were 2-4. and four. Okay, throw that one out. I just The guy just does not win the majority of his big games of consequence. And I mean like TCU. I mean bowl games. Georgia. You're not – he's not that guy. Yeah, and I think the issue is is that the reason that that Jim Harbaugh annoys me is because of the way he acts, his attitude, his sort of shtick, if you will. Like Nick Saban can be an asshole because Nick Saban is Nick Saban, and nobody's going to question that. Correct. Right, Nick Saban can give you or can be a pain in the ass about the depth chart because he can't because he's won a bunch and it's undisputed. The problem with me for Jim Harbaugh is that he hasn't won a national championship. I'm not even sitting here saying the guy's got to have seven. I just want any. How like, do you, literally just one. How do you this year justify him not winning the national championship? If you're a Michigan guy, let's go. I, I'm here for it. How do you justify Jim Harbaugh not winning a national championship this year? Because I, I, I don't understand this, this whole... Do you realize that this guy is damaging Michigan? If he leaves this summer, which 9 out of 10 people think he's gone, because he's never taken a six-game suspension from, from the NCAA. He will never do that. Yeah. So if he leaves Michigan... How do you explain the damage that guy's done over the last three years? I don't know. I have no idea. I I, I really don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, Richard, Harbaugh is uh, instigator. If he beats your team, he will insult the coach. I remember when he was a coach at Stanford, he created heated words with some of the coaches in the pack except Oregon. Because that's who Jim's a red ass. Covering him at Stanford and, and the 49ers. Jim's not that guy that's beloved by his players. Mm-hmm. He's that guy you tolerate because you believe that he's going to win you games. And as soon as anything gets turbulent and you don't start winning games, Jim Harbaugh jumps. Yep. That's who the guy is. That is who he is. And I think he's terrible for college sports. Yeah, and, and, and again, it has nothing to do with Michigan in the sense of, Hey, we don't like Jim Harbaugh because it's Michigan. I mean, I I think Michigan's one of the most important brands of college athletics. I mean, again, I agree. Michigan basketball is is incredibly important to the process. And I think, you know, again, I, I think the best point on Jim is that he does damage Michigan's reputation. And, and and it surprises me that Michigan is so committed to keeping him. 
be, after the way he's handled everything and, you know, everything he's done. I mean, you know, when we're not doing the show, my, my, my whole opinion on Jim has always been, dude, like Jim is the guy you bring in when you just want to go to the playoff. Like when Correct. you just kind of want to make an appearance and say, yeah, we're, we're a, we're a college football playoff team. We've been there. Like we're, we're good. Yeah. But if you want to win, Jim is not the guy. By the way, the poll update is the Pac-12, the best football conference in America. Uh, 56% of 233 votes say, yes, the Pac-12 is the best conference. Do you believe? I'm a little surprised by that. I am a, I am a little surprised by that. Uh, Lance Johnson, Dion, and the Buffs will be in the Pac-12 on the way out the door to the Big 12 and uh, UT's recruits. They're not taking Texas's recruits. No. They're not. Uh, Hans Stoley, Jim won the Super Bowl, or was that John? That was not Jim, that was John. John Teal for $2. Can Washington, Oregon State do enough for a late invite to the Big 12? I don't think so. The Big 12 wants nothing to do with 18 and 20. No. I, I just don't. It, it's sad, but I think Oregon State's that great program that's left on the outside looking in. Yep. That, that for me. You know, like it, it is... It's really interesting that when you look at Oregon State, that's a program in an athletic department that does it right, that does it 100% right. Thanks. And there's a lot of them. The sad thing in the Pac-12, there's a lot of them, right? USC largely under, under Lincoln Riley, I think USC's done a really nice job. Clay Helton was terrible. I mean, pick your poison there. Um, I look at Chip Kelly at UCLA. They largely do it right. Uh, Caleb DeBoer, you can look at Dan Lanning. You can look at, I mean, you go up and down this conference. Obviously, Kyle Whittingham at Utah is yes. a, is one of the best head coaches in the country. Mm -hmm. And again, he, why I keep going back to Jim Harbaugh is he clearly does it wrong everywhere he's been and yet just keeps failing upward. Just keeps failing upward. And I I, I have issue with, Programs like Florida State. This is a massive year for Florida State after all of the politics in the ACC to see Mike Norvell come out and dominate, mm -hmm. just dominate LSU in the second half. That was hell of impressive. That was, my goodness, what a moment for Florida State. But I, 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 I look at Pervin liar i look at jim harbaugh i put them in the same class dude yeah i think they're terrible for the kids that are in their programs i think i i just think they're terrible for it um let's see beeves and coogs to the acc not gonna happen nope not gonna happen the the acc wants nothing to do with stanford and cal largely do you really think they're gonna add two more of their their former pac-12 friends no associates no and i don't know who saw it but did you guys see that Kirk Schultz released a statement that basically said, yeah, I'm going to sue. We're going to sue. That's our, that's the way we're going to get whole here. We're going to, we're going to file a lawsuit. Okay. You, you do you. You do that, bud. You do, you do you, <coughs> Kirk Schultz, because I don't see that happening. <coughs> Jim Choi, Pack 2 schools better uh, get the heavy donors and state politicians together to raise the dough and do Calford to the ACC move. They won't. ACC's not going to add them. They're not going to add them. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Mike Smith, Beavs to the Big 12. We swapped them out. ASU and ASU and Wazoo can be buddies. No. No. Uh, Ruff's official. 
They'll never bring up Prime's recruiting scandal or his history of domestic violence. What has that got to do with anything that Deion Sanders is doing now? And Ruffs, I, I, I get it. Dude, you like to come in and stir the pot. When you say stupid shit like this, do you realize how, how much you expose yourself? Like, why would, why would we talk about Deion Sanders and talk about domestic violence? Or talk about, like, how many years ago were those allegations? What do you, I don't understand why guys, and we appreciate your comments. We appreciate that you interact with the show. But, dude, find somewhere else to be so negative. Because it's just not worth your time here. When you bring up stuff like this and you have no idea what you're talking about, like, I'm just never going to read another it's one of your comments. 12 years ago, dude. Yeah, I'm never going to read another one of your comments. It's over. It's absolutely over. Uh, Mike Smith, Ruffs is just a male Karen. It, and it's really unfortunate because you, you love, Ruffs official loves to focus on the negative. And he's like, well, I'm holding you accountable. No, you're not holding us accountable. You're not. You're making yourself look like an idiot. You're talking about something that happened, what did you say, 12 years ago. Do you, what was the result of that? You don't know. And I don't care if you know. Because I'm not talking about it. I'm not doing that. You, you, you're, I'm assuming you're, you're going to, like what I said about Pervin Liar. Everywhere Pervin Liar has been, there has been females being abused, crime being committed, including by, by Pervin Liar. Everywhere he's been. Not, no exceptions. No exceptions. You look at what happened in Florida. You look at what happened at Ohio State. No exceptions. Yet you want to go to the best story in college football. And you want to rewind the tape 12 years to allegations to try and bring somebody down. Dude, you're bringing yourself down. You clearly have issues in your life that make you unhappy. And I'm sorry you're dealing with that, dude. But I'm not going to sit here and allow you... I'm not going to sit here and allow you to be negative, dude. Like, it, it's just not, there's no reason to, to focus on that. Yeah. There, there's not. And, and we, we're just better than that. Yep. We're better than that. And so to you, I, I, I bid you goodbye. Like, I'm, I'm not going to try and soil. I through all that. Yeah, I'm not going to soil somebody's reputation because you're mad at your life, dude. Like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Brad, I wondered why we all, uh, like Kobe again, I, but again, this is, this is the question. Man, I don't that I know ask. why we struggle with this. Why do we want to go down and why do we want to go back and bring people down who have been convicted of no crime yet? When, when it comes to Pervin liar and his resume for female abuse, his resume for off field player issues, his resume for absolute debauchery and a lack of leadership, in my opinion, you guys would hire him today to coach your program. And I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You understand it how is, many good things Kobe did in the world? Well, it's not even that. Go back to Eagle, Colorado. Go back to Eagle, Colorado. The thing that I don't understand is you're writing him off when, and I, I covered Kobe while this happened. So you want to go tit for tat, I'm happy to do it. Kobe Bryant fought to clear his name. Ultimately, he came to a settlement. Does not mean he's guilty, does not mean he's innocent. 
But what I know is he was not convicted of a crime. And the thing that I believe about Kobe is that Kobe Bryant worked every day the rest of his life, as he said he would, to prove he was not the person that he was accused of being. Am I, do I give him a free pass on it? No. Every time this comes up, we talk about this on the show. But I don't believe you go back 12 years to domestic violence allegations against Deion Sanders and think that's okay. That's not okay. It's not. It, like, it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm just not willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Roundabout says, you guys never want to talk about uncomfortable things. Guy, are you new on the show? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's what, that, yeah, Kurt Peters. I met the Kobe girl. She admitted it was consensual. I'm, I'm sure, sure you, did. you did, dude. I'm sure you did. Phenomenal Hebrew. Remember, these are the same people that say uh, Jesus died for their sins. Well, different show. Uh, Jim Choi, Michael Irvin was wrongfully accused and lost his NFL network gig because that's who we are as people. Michael Irvin's on video not doing what he's accused of, and he still lost his job. I don't know Michael Irvin, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here for it. Cleveland Rocks, life is too short. Let's all be positive. Enjoy the show. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand this whole thing where people like Ruff's official are negative every single day about every single topic. Because it's easy. We just don't. It's easy. We don't need it. We don't need it. Seriously. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Jackson Graham, lots of Pac Simps in the chat today. <laughs> Apparently, it's just that day. I told you 20 minutes ago, there's a weird vibe in the chat today. I don't, I don't quite understand it. There's a weird vibe in the chat today. Uh, Kurt Peters, she lives in Parker, Colorado. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. I don't. What's up with the show today, Drew Money? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, football, 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Bucked Up Energy. Get to buckedup.com. Uh, use the promo code Monty20 to get 20% off your purchase at checkout. Um, I think this Travis Kelsey story is a big one. No damage in the ACL, but I can't see him playing tomorrow night on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the tough part is is that, you know, Travis Kelsey is one of the most important pieces for them, obviously. And it's early season. You know, if you were to mess around and find a way to lose this game, okay, I guess blame it on the Kelsey injury. But I, they're better. They're better. And I think the Chiefs will find a way to victory here. But, I, but again, I think the win is he doesn't have ACL damage. It's just a bruised bone. And I think that's great news. I think that Travis Kelsey is the only reason the the offense is as smooth as it is. And I think if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, I think you have to seriously look at everybody else in that offense. And I think if Travis Kelsey doesn't play and you have you have options at quarterback, I'd be very careful with Patrick Mahomes tomorrow night. Because I think on opening night, We've seen this story repeated multiple times where quarterbacks without their best receiver struggle because you're not a team yet. And they're playing the Detroit Lions. They're only a four and a half point favorite at home, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'd be really careful fantasy wise and and cash wise on this game. I'd be very careful. I would be heavily leaning on the Detroit Lions if Kelsey doesn't play because of this knee, I would be heavily leaning on the Detroit Lions. I know it's it's blasphemy to say you better be careful with Patrick Mahomes, but man, 
I would be very careful with Patrick Mahomes in this game. Well, very, they're, very they're careful. clearly going to need someone else to step up. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if they're going to win this game, you know, it can't just be Patrick Mahomes running for his life and throwing it down the field to exactly who. That's the issue. And can they run the ball? That's another big question. I think Detroit's going to be a real problem. Yeah. I think Detroit's a, I think Detroit's a better football team than anybody gives them credit for. Uh, what do you guys make of this Sean Payton? Russell Wilson story. Basically how this goes is Sean Payton this summer told Russell Wilson, if you want to be a good quarterback, stop kissing so many effing babies. He wants Russell Wilson to stop worrying about Russell Wilson's brand and start worrying about winning football games. I love this out of Sean Payton. Isn't this exactly why the Broncos hired him? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what Russell Wilson needed, and I think this is what the Broncos need. They need that fire, and I think the Broncos are a team that, you know, obviously has to contend with the Chiefs to win their division, and I think the tough part with that is is that you're not the Chiefs. You're not as good as them, and you haven't been, and I think Russell Wilson, dude, if, if Sean Payton, you know, can find a way to restart the engine on Russell Wilson, and he can turn Russell back into 3,500 yards, 4,000 yards, that would be great for that team. But I, I have serious reservations about whether Russ is still that guy or not. Because the problem is he feels like a guy that got paid and lost the fire now. He feels like a guy that got paid and isn't his concern. And that's the issue. I think Russell Wilson's cooked. That's just my opinion. But I think Russell Wilson, we have seen the best of that guy. He's never been the same quarterback since that interception at the goal line in the Super Bowl. And I understand it. That's traumatizing for a guy's confidence, and you're probably never recovering from that. But, yep. hey, man, I'm telling you, I love that Sean Payton did this. I think it's a game changer, and it is the only tact you can take with a guy who had an office and was holding meetings in his office on the second floor at the Denver Broncos facilities last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, clearly Russ likes himself some Russ. I mean, that's very apparent. So, I, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I just think that Russell Wilson got paid, got really high on the horse, and now needs to be knocked down a few rungs, and hopefully Sean can do that. Yeah, I agree. Bryce Martin says Peyton has to do that in order to get the most out of him. He does. For sure. Conference Commissioner Gumby, Aaron Wilson better than Russell Wilson. Agreed. Main event, what's up, main event? Russ is being served humble pie daily, as he needs to be. Yes. As he needs yes. to be. I, I, that's, but that's, I, I think you have no other choice because how do you get anything else out of Russell Wilson? I don't know that you do. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Not it, bad. <laughs> Sorry. Is presented by Bucked Up Energy. Get to buckedup.com. Everybody, and I, I talked about it earlier, everybody's been asking me why they're out of Buckshot. Um, they have watermelon buckshot, and I think it's the best flavor. Mm -hmm. It's available now. It's $3 off the full price, and then you can apply Monty 20, the discount code, to get further 20% off. Go get it. They're selling out. Buckshot works. It is the best product, in my opinion, that I use on a daily basis. I also love their whey protein. I also love their collagen peptides. My wife uses their greens. She uses their um, endurance product. She, I mean... Mrs. Monty trains for these triathlons and uses all of their pre-workouts, all of their BCAs, you name it. Their stuff is just full of good ingredients, and it works exactly the way they tell you it does. 
Make sure you get to BuckedUp.com and use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off your purchase of $20 or more from Bucked or... I did it again. I conflated the two. BuckedUp.com. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off your purchase at checkout. No minimum purchase. Just Just 20% off at checkout. Monty 20. On the Monty Show, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. At theadvocates.com, you never have to worry about reaching in your pocket because you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Well, the injury attorneys at The Advocates can't actually prevent you from being in a cycling accident. They will be by your side to support you following your accident. Our legal services won't cost you a dime out of pocket. So when you need an injury attorney, call us. We're the advocates, your Utah personal injury attorneys. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Hour number two of the show. Let's talk about the clock changes in college football because I think this has been one of the most controversial topics in con- in college football. And I think it's very interesting that the rule change that everybody's up in arms about is the clock no longer stops on a first down unless you're inside two minutes in the half and in the game. So it doesn't stop on you know first down in the second quarter. First down in the third quarter does not stop. Has to be in the last two minutes of the half of the game and coaches are upset about it because on average over week one, it cost offenses four to six plays per game, and it shortened games by four minutes. But the interesting thing is those four minutes went to commercial games, commercial breaks. So it did not actually shorten the game. It shortened on the field play. I think this rule is fundamentally changing college football. It changes the way you have to call a game. If you're going to lose four to six snaps on offense a game, which is what we're talking about, for high-powered offenses like USC, that's probably not that big of a deal. But who are the guys bitching about it? It's guys like Kyle Whittingham at Utah. It's guys like Chip Kelly at UCLA. Those are guys that value every single snap of the football on offense. And I can't blame them. If I were applauding methodical offense, I'd be upset as well. Jake, is the new clock rule good or bad for college football? Yeah, I, I don't think it's good for college football. I mean, again, we're, we're not playing football games to rush through them. And in my comparison here is the same thing we see in Major League Baseball, right, with the pitch clock. All we're trying to do is accelerate the on-field portion so we can get busy in the off-field portion. And, and it bothers me. I understand that ESPN's got to make it spread. I understand Fox has to make it spread. I get it, dude. All these TV networks have to make their money. The part that I don't love is that the fan ultimately pays the price. Because, yeah, sure, does it take four to six snaps away? Sure. Four to six snaps, in my opinion, if that's deciding your fate, you're not a very good football team. That's just my opinion. It is what it is. But ultimately, I I just don't know why we have to speed everything up in sports. Why, Why do we have to speed up baseball games? Why do we have to speed up college football games? Why are we speeding up everything we can yeah. under the sun? And, and I yeah. don't... I don't get it. it. Honestly, and I know, you know, we don't talk a lot of golf on this show, but it's one of my favorite things about golf. I get commercial-free coverage, you know, for the final grouping. It, it's one of my favorite things. And why do they do that? 
because they're able to sell it to a sponsor who's willing to cover that cost. And I don't understand why we, we want to say, okay, let's prioritize the last two minutes because in 90% of football games, if there's something's going to happen, it's going to happen in the last two minutes. But what about those games against the juggernauts? What about the Alabama-LSU game, you know, coming down the fourth quarter to one possession game? Dude, I want to see as many snaps as I can get out of that yes. game. I want as much juice as I can get out of the squeeze. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, the, the funny part about that is if you look at media timeouts, TV timeouts, none of that changed. It simply is that they want the game to move quicker. And, and it shaved... It shaved about four minutes off of game time. And and I think I you know uh, and you know if we're being if we're being honest about it, the four minutes was off a of broadcast, it was two minutes of game time, and it changed the way that guys called called games offensively. That to me is the biggest deal. You're changing the exciting part of the game, which I have not really figured out why you would want to do that. And the time where we're talking about this, again, is not the end of the game or the end of the half. But you are hurting teams trying to get into rhythms on offenses. You are hurting teams who are trying to substitute or, you know, really teams that need every play because they run a lot. You're hurting the way that teams run their offenses. Changing, hurting, maybe interchangeable. My point is, when we do this in sports, and I think baseball is a better example of this, when we, when we do this in sports and we don't allow guys to throw over to first base, we don't allow batters to step out of the box, we don't allow pitchers to take their time, all because the fans watching at home, who cares about the fans watching at home? And I understand it's TV money, and I understand you don't want five-hour baseball games, but this is college football. Excitement is not hard to find in college football. Did we really need to hasten the pace of college football games by two minutes on the field and four minutes in broadcast? Is that really what we needed to do? I think this rule is incredibly bad for the game. And, it, it, you know, I see all of you voting in the poll already, uh, and it is a runaway. It is 68% to 32% who say the new clock rule in college football is bad. For college football. I mean, you're not going to get the the team just ground and pounding their way to victory anymore because, again, the clock runs too fast, and and, and you're going to run out of time because what's the well, strategy? For teams who want to ground and pound, who have the big offensive line with the workhorse back that, that they could just turn around and hand that thing off, hey, we got, we got four downs to get 10 yards. If we get, you know, three yards of carry, three and a half yards of carry, we're in a good place. Like, that's the thing that we don't get anymore. Again, it's yeah. the same thing in baseball. You know why the pitch clock's such a problem in baseball? Well, you don't get the cat and mouse game between the, the runner and the pitcher anymore because the pitcher right. can't throw over as many That's times right. as they want. You don't get the 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 hitter being able to step out at the last second because they can. You don't get that anymore. You don't get little, like, it. it, it is, we are too concerned about the TV product. Now, on the other hand, we obviously have to say, hey, college football just realigned something gnarly because of the TV partners. So to me, I, I look at it and I say, hey, like we're, we're, we're in a position where it's like, dude, the TV partners are the ones controlling everything. But ultimately, as fans, all we want to do is watch good football. And I just, That's it. I don't know. Like, I'm not a Chip Kelly guy, 
But I agree with Chip, dude. I hope you played all your commercials. I hope you got all your spots. I hope, you know, you're getting the value out of it because it's not really helping the fan. It's certainly not helping the, the coaches and players. Like, who are we appeasing? We're appeasing the ESPNs of the world. And I understand why we have to do that. But I just don't think it's healthy for college football in the long run to be trying to shorten the product, to be trying to shortchange the fan. I, I don't think that's a good look. I think it's really interesting that Chip Kelly and Kyle Whittingham, it was a little out of character for him. Kyle Whittingham forcefully called out TV executives mm -hmm. and forcefully said, hey, I hope you got all your commercials in. I hope you sold all your – like, this is not who Kyle Whittingham at Utah has been, and it's a little surprising to see him go after it. But is this gravitational? Is this the end of the world? It's not. But again, I agree with Jake on baseball. I just don't know why you had to mess with it. I don't understand why this was something you had to do right now. Mm -hmm. why, why, why right now? What did it fix? That's my thing. It, it, it's what I it's what I said about baseball when we went through the whole thing. It didn't fix anything. So I think it fixed absolutely nothing. And I think fa I think fans care. Yeah. I truly do. Uh, Stephen Smith gives us ten dollars to say. I hope the Big Twelve does a better than they did last week. The Big 12 teams that are supposed to be on the top half of the conference better show up this week. Well, I mean, you're always going to lose games. Listen, it dude, TCU, it's not that TCU didn't show up, man. Like, did you look at the box? Did you look at the score? Yeah, they were atrocious on defense. There's no question about that. But part of them being atrocious on defense was Shador Sanders' ability to run away from your defensive line. Right? Like, so yeah. it's it's a balance. They put up 42 points. It's not like, you know, Colorado went in there and won 45 to 7. I, I mean, you showed up. There's no doubt. You just didn't show up enough. But and I think what Johnny Hodges said, the the TCU linebacker, I thought was I thought was really interesting when when he called them a laughing stock. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, I think that was very refreshing. I thought it was I thought it was really important for him to to call them out, and quite you'll see the the clip is on Twitter, where where he calls TCU the laughing stock of college football. They're not, they are not. I thought it was very interesting though that you had him say that about TCU. I would agree that you can't have TCU finish as a a, a six and six team. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work for the Big 12. I don't think it's the end of the world that Deion Sanders win his week one game. Because everybody's talking about Deion Sanders and nobody's talking about TCU. Mm -hmm. I think TCU will be fine. My bigger concern is, what about Texas Tech? Because that was tough to watch. And it, wasn't, it was not that they were outclassed. Tyler Shuck didn't do the job. That's why they lost to Wyoming. It wasn't the defense. The defense more than did their job in Laramie. It was the offense. In, in particular, it was Tyler Shuck, in my opinion, not performing at the level required for Texas Tech to win that game. Period, point blank. Yeah, That's the team I'm a little worried about. I look down at, at, at Waco. I'm a lot worried about Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. I am a lot worried about it. I am not worried about TCU. I am not worried about TCU at all. Uh, let's see. I'll do it eventually. Gives us $5. I love that lifestyle. Uh, I don't want to see four commercial breaks over the course of four plays. Happened when AM scored a touchdown. It's incredibly frustrating. 
it's incredibly frustrating because we don't need more commercials. And if you listen to if you listen to Chip Kelly and if in again, I will I will say I think Chip is the more boisterous, but Kyle Whittingham as well. But they both basically have the same point. This new rule is that's crazy. We had four drives in the first half. This game goes fast. Hope you guys are selling a lot of commercials. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Hope you sold a lot of commercials. Yeah. Like he said that on a national TV interview. Yeah, looking to prove a point, right? I mean, again, it, it, I'm not going to sit here and say nicer things about Chip Kelly than I had to say about Jim Harbaugh. I think Chip Kelly hasn't won enough. He's not a great college football coach. Like, he just, he's average. And that's great. You want to be a red ass about the commercials? That's great. But the people that need to be red asses about it are the Sabinator, Kirby, all the usual suspects. And they're not going to say anything. They're not. Why, why would they say anything? They're, they're the ones going to the best bowls and winning, and they, they understand the money game. But that's the issue. Again, it all comes back to college football is about making money, and that's it. Yeah, I agree. The poll is up uh, in the comment section. Make sure you vote. Uh, is the new clock rule in college football good or bad for the game? Bad leading 67 to 33. Let's get your comments in here. Uh, Jeff Woodworth said, Shook uh, looked scared all game. It's not even that Shook looked, looked scared. He just made bad decisions. He, he was a guy who looked at a, who looked at a receiver saw him open and went somewhere else. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't, I, I could not comprehend what he was looking at. We watched most of that game and we were all like, damn, like where, 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 what is it that you saw on that route that you didn't throw the ball? Yeah. Cause they ran the right route combinations. They called the right plays. Shuck just didn't deliver the ball. He just, you got to let that ball go. Or you're you're going to lose to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. The defense was was rock solid. In fact, I, I had no problem with what Tech ran out. Yeah, they sputtered on offense because Tyler Shuck would not make the play at the time it needed to be made, and Wyoming knew it. Wyoming knew it. And the other thing that drove me crazy at the end of that game: why the flip? Flip. Nice. That was a really good save. I saw you dialing <laughs> up the F, and I was like, "All right, dude." Why? Did you blitz on the last play of the game? No idea. You were controlling Wyoming's offense without blitzing. And so you sent the freaking house and you left the tight end wide open in the end zone to win the game. (coughs) I I don't understand it. Yeah. I do not understand it. And so that's why I say anyone telling you that Tech's defense was the issue, it wasn't the issue. That particular play, yeah, I agree. You shouldn't have blitzed, but that's not on the guys on the field. That's on your defensive coordinator making making a bad call. I mean, it just is what it is, right? Yeah. But but I I I think you know with Texas Tech, the offense has to find its way, and and that's are the you a, issue. are you a Tyler Shuck believer? No, I'm not. No, I, you're I think, not. I think you made a bunch of bad decisions. Uh, I, I I think that okay. the guy you have to understand. This is the something. first time you've said that. You have to understand something about about being a quarterback in college football. It's week one. You're on the road. You got to go out and deliver. I don't care that it's Wyoming, right? There's expectations. They were expected to beat Wyoming. And I know everyone was like, oh, well, it's Laramie, it's altitude, you know, it's Wyoming. I don't care about any of that. You're Texas Tech. You need to go in there and win that football game. You're expected to. And the idea that you had wide open receivers and you couldn't deliver the football is not, that's a bad look. It's a bad look. And, And again, 
We had this whole meltdown over Quinn Ewers yesterday, right? I guarantee you Quinn Ewers won't be missing wide-open receivers against if Bama. If Quinn Ewers was the quarterback at Texas Tech, they beat Wyoming. Facts. Facts. It's inarguable. And Tyler Shuck did not did – not, if you look at the box score, 31-47, 338, three touchdowns and a pick. That does not tell the story of his game. I, I, I think – more accurately, what tells the story of the game is you, you look at the defense at Tech, nine, or excuse me, six tackles for loss and two sacks. Yeah. You look at, you look at that the defensive numbers are fine. You, you, you should be able, you should be able to do better than 13 points in overtime, but it's overtime. Mm-hmm. If, if I said Tech's going to go to Laramie and only give up 20, are they going to win or lose the game? They're going to win. Oh, they're going to win going away. No, that's, that's, that's not how that worked. <laughs> that's not how that worked. Yeah. But, the, the, yeah, I could go on. That, Tech's defense gave 149 yards passing. You're going to win the game. You're going to win the game. Yards per pass, 4.4 yards per pass for Wyoming. You're going to win the game. Pretty damn good, dude. You're going to win the game. I, I, what else? They gave up 3.9 yards per carry. You're going to win the game against Wyoming. Yet you didn't. Yet you didn't. I'm, I could go on and on about it. It, it is so frustrating. To, that game was one of the most frustrating games of the weekend. Well, Ewers get skewered this weekend. See what he did? Ewers and skewered? Ewers and skewered. You, like skewered. it rhymes and stuff. You see what he it, did it there? It rhymes and stuff. I you see know. what you did there. Right. You know. Okay. <laughs> Big 12 is D-Bill? What does that mean? Lil Jimmy, Big 12 is better than the ACC? Well, I could have told you that, dude. Yeah, but the ACC's got arguably the number one team in the country right now. Just ask Brett McMurphy. He'll tell you. <laughs> Brett McMurphy loves him some fucking Florida State. He loves him some Florida State. Boyd Lake, hello. Boy. The SEO king of America. Boyd. Uh, the top of many a mountain range in Utah is right around 7,200 feet. It's no joke. No, it is not. No, it is not. Absolutely, it's not. No, no doubt about it. Jackson Graham still getting weird vibes from multiple commenters. <laughs> it really hit me. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, James, the the unofficial mayor of okay, Cowboy now, Country. I can't see the comments as he's reading them, right? Like, right? That's true. Like, true. I can't. Okay, can't see it. I'm willing to, you know, go out on a limb here and say this is going to be an SMU take. Is this is this next comment going to be an SMU take? Um, let's see. Texas Tech has a soft quarterback, Morton. And I think he's better than Shook. Morton had to play last year at Okie State, and I will say he looked really good. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, you know. You know. Oh, hey, look at that. Isaac Rex from BYU should be able to join the program at 520 today. Nice, dude. Nice. 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 Yeah. BYU, man. Got the job done. I know everyone was all pissed off about BYU's it. BYU's coming through. Hey, man. Isaac Rex, Isaac Rex will join the show at 520. I like it. Lance Johnson. This is like a red-ass Monday. Half is PO'd. Their team didn't look good. The other <laughs> half is over enthusiastic. Well, that's great. Week one. 
That's great. Roundabout. Uh, FSU is not number one. We would agree with that. But there's a lot of people who don't. James Knight. Hey, James Knight. What's up, bud? Love the passion you guys have for college football. It's so tribal. Oh, my God. I love the fact that Luka Doncic got ejected and Slovenia lost. Uh, Gary, yeah, that's basket. We, we used to do that on this show. Uh, I'm a Tech fan, but I'll give all the credit to Wyoming for winning that game. They went in fired up, prepared, and they executed their game plan to near perfection. Mm. I mean, you, they had to go to overtime. I think Texas Tech beat themselves. I think that the defensive play calling late in the game was sus, major sus. And I think Tyler Shuck was not that guy. Yeah, I just don't know what the coordinator coordinator was looking at with that blitz. I, I, the idea, obviously, is, hey, we want to get home. We're going to send an all-out blitz. But it just he couldn't get home. The guy's too mobile. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's see. Aaron Wilson, if Shuck struggles versus Oregon, Morton needs a chance. Relax. Let's see. The, the because problem is it's, it, it's Oregon. It's, it's Oregon. You're going to struggle. That's a good team. But it's in Lubbock. It's in the house. The defense is going to be ready. And I think Bo's Knicks is going to have a really difficult time operating uh, in that building. I just think when we say, hey, if Shuck is going to struggle. Okay, well, what does struggle mean? Because if they lose, if they is that yeah, is that losing? Is that more like hey, he had more wide open receivers, and you know it just he missed them or chose not to throw it to them? Like what are we talking about? I mean, if he does with Oregon what he did against Wyoming, I agree. You got to give you know your second guy a shot, but I you don't know that to. he's going to. You have BYU is very good at their job. Thank you, Kenny Cox. Shout out to Kenny Cox and Provo. Appreciate you getting us Isaac Rex today. Uh, Craig Morton relative has to be, uh, you know, uh, RB says duck, duck, <laughs> duck, duck. Yeah. Oh man. Bryce Martin. We've literally known for offense. If we have uh, our normal output, we win, but we can bounce back this week. You you're known for offense. You're, and here's the difference though. If you're Baylor, how do you bounce back? If you're Baylor, well, you fire your head coach. <laughs> That's, I mean, that is what... I mean, I don't disagree. It feels inevitable now. Yeah. It feels inevitable now that you're going to have to let Dave Aranda go, unfortunately, because he's a great dude. They're going in the wrong direction. Do you know what that's like these days? But Texas Tech is fine. Texas Tech is fine. I promise you, don't get off the Tyler Shuck train yet because the kid can still play. I, I, mm, I'm telling you. Yeah. He can still play. Christopher Shannon. BYU with that explosive offense. Well, Isaac Rex, one of their, their great tight ends, is coming on the show. We'll ask him about it. I think BYU, BYU's defense, Jacob Robinson on the, uh, the pro football talk all-defensive team of the week for BYU, I think BYU's defense is legit. Can they, can they score enough points, and how much of that offense is going to be available this weekend, because you got to put your weapons on the field. Yeah, Boyd Lake, get those tortillas ready for flinging. Oregon's coming to town. <laughs> we'll see. Vivid psychosis. UCF forty-five, Boston State thirty-four. Boston My team is two and zero in a very ugly way. I'm pissed because there's no pro rata or power conference for the program. <laughs> 
Dude, you're going to be living on that all year. Where's the pro rata we deserve? Man, we're 7-0. I want the pro rata we deserve. I don't understand the pro rata and shit. Where's the pro rata we <laughs> Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Will, will San Diego State ever get away from the pro rata we deserve? No. 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 I, I don't think no. so. Um, I'm trying to get the line on, on uh, UCF. Wasa State. Wasa State. Uh, it is at Albertson Stadium. The line is UCF minus three and a half at 60 over. Um, that's going to be interesting. Roundabout says agree. UCF beats Wasa State. That's a tough place to go and play. Again, in Boise, that is not your normal place. Yeah, but... This feels a bit much. UCF 45, Boise State 34. Now, UCF scored 56 on Kent State. And let's not let's not get crazy. You got to get stroked. Well, you don't. Get it going. My guy, John Rice Plumley. Yeah, come on, dude. Can we talk about this? Just two seconds. Dude, know the guy's name. <laughs> the announcers were calling him John Rice Plumley. His name isn't Rice. Rice Plumley. 281, three touchdowns, two picks. They're very good. They are Josh Seliscar and that defensive line, dude. And playing. Oh, my God. I don't know what to expect out of Boise. I, I feel like I was a little disappointed in Boise last week. And, and again, I understand it was Washington. But mm-hmm. 56 points? Uh, 50, 50, and you... 56, you scored 19. You need, um, you gave up. That's not... You know, you're trying to score more points than the other team, that's, right? That's generally not how I would recommend you go about winning games. Because it's garbage! They did absolutely nothing on either side of the ball. No. And I don't know how you fix that. You go home and you take on UCF, who I think is going to win the game. I would think they would cover that number, and it goes under. Yeah. Because Boise State's going to have to show me they can play against a physical defense. And UCF is a... Mm, 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 mm. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, Baylor was beyond bad. Terrible. It's embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. Dude's on fire watch. I mean, he has to be. Dave Aranda has to be has on... To be. Hey, letting you go, bud. I mean, it's Texas State, dude. Come on. Christopher Shannon, Dave Aranda is so dull. <laughs> wow. I mean, publicly, I would agree with that. You don't really see this guy with much fire. He's dull? Corey Erickson. (laughs) That's just so wrong to call somebody dull. Corey Erickson, in text defense, playing in Laramie is just sucky. Not excusing them, just remembering Utah's game there in in the old days, and everyone hated it. And it's worse now because the stadium's beautiful and the fans are lit. It's... mm. Jim Choi says Baylor needs a quarterback. Well, and now your starting quarterback is hurt. So good luck with that. Yeah. And now the Utah Utes in that ball-breaking defense. And Cam Rising and Brant Keithy. Without and- Blake Shapin. <coughs> Come on now. You're in trouble. And I don't think Brant's going to play. Cam Rising should play. Brant Keithy probably will not. But we'll see. We'll see. I... You know, it's fine. Jim Choi also says Tech's going to be fine when they go 0-2. <laughs> then we can have a Tyler Shuck conversation. Gumby, you mean the Shuck truck? Exactly. Yes, the Shuck truck. BYU's D looks fine. Don't I, They look totally different. That defense looks totally different. 
RB, Baylor didn't do any scouting. Texas State quarterback is an LSU-Auburn transfer. I have a feeling they did do scouting and they still got their ass beat. Yep. I just, you know. Jeremy Callahan says shuck and jive. Okay. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Black 45. Hey, will we take Aranda back as DC right now? You would in a second. Excellent, DC. Uh, Boss Frog, hang 100 on Baylor. Bro. Good boss frogs. Now can we all just Are you let, okay, dude? Can we let our, our balls hang out now? Can we like have can we get the the happiness back in the chat? No. Like boss frog is here. Like just, boss frog, I, I, I need a I, I need, you know, we need to talk about this. So as a horned frog fan, where where did we come down on Dion's performance? Because I don't I don't know if you were here yesterday. I didn't I don't remember you commenting much for obvious reasons. But, you know, are you feeling okay about Sonny and company? I, I think, Boss Frog, you were here yesterday, I think. I think I, I'm not worried about TCU at all. You have an offense. Your defense probably needs to tackle better. There, by some accounts, they missed as many as 30 tackles yeah. against Calarada. I believe, I believe the number that they are credited for is 22. Oof. That's um, the number that TCU is saying we should have made 22 more tackles than we made. Yeah. But I can't remember who on the old tweet machine in Dallas, Fort Worth. Dallas. Fort Worth was saying that it's like 30 tackles that TCU missed against Colorado. And we were watching the game. They missed a, a ton. crap ton of tackles. A ton. And I'm not talking about one-on-one -on -one in space. I mean like 2v1 and... No, uh, it was just it. Mm, I think saying, they'll be fine. Dude, I don't know that Colorado is a forty-point offense, but I do feel really good about them being high twenties offense re reliably. I have no doubt about that. We'll find out. Bryce Martin, we're in wounded animal mode, but we have to cut out all the penalties and miscues on offense. Stay the course. He means Texas Tech. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Jeremy Callahan, UCF looked pretty darn good. Bounce house was lit. Yeah, good old uh, John Reese can run a little bit. Whew. Almost cost me my my prize picks that night. Yes. Uh, we're going to lose. He has to keep us within 21. Okay. Texas Tech fans are here, man. Okay. Are you guys really feeling that downtrodden about Tech? You should not have lost that game, man. Well, I get it. That's a rough look, dude. Look, I, I think the problem for Tech fan right now is that is that you didn't play – you know, what you didn't get the the juggernaut matchup the way LSU and Florida State did, right? You didn't get some grade A power brand of a matchup. You got Wyoming. And and yes, Wyoming's tough. Yes, they, they're gonna stop the run. They're gonna, you know, they're, they're gonna play you tough. There's no doubt about it. But there's also no doubt about the fact that you should have won that game. And the fact that Tyler Shuck didn't exactly look too good in that game, you know? It'd be one thing if, hey, I hit him in the hands and they didn't catch the ball and, you know, we just didn't make enough plays. That would be one thing if you were Texas Tech fan. But that's not what it is. What it is is, is your quarterback, the guy that you thought and had a lot of confidence in, the guy that you felt like, hey, you know, this is someone that's going to carry us through the Big 12 and we're a dark horse to win this conference. And not that any of that's ruined yet, but you're on your way to ruining it. Right? You don't want it. You can't lose another game for a little while here. You got to go on a run now. And I think when you looked at the schedule in the preseason, you were like, hey, Wyoming's a game that, yeah, sure, it's going to be tough. We're not going to blow them out, but we should win that game. 
So the idea that you left that game after losing in overtime with that blitz play that was incredibly poorly timed, the idea that you lost, you know, to Wyoming and, you know, you left Laramie after that type of loss is just tough. And I think that's why Tech fans going through it. They don't feel good. They don't, they're not sure what Tyler can bring to the table. I mean, what's the adjustment? Well, I mean, how do you adjust to, hey, buddy's wide open down the seam and you look the other way? I don't know how you would just off of that. Was it just an off week? Maybe it was. I, I, I think it was. And I think the altitude played a role. I think... How? What else? Tyler Shuck's a better quarterback. Can we at least all agree on yes. that? Uh, Tyler Shuck's a better quarterback than we saw against Wyoming. Yes. You're, you're going the ultimate other way because you're playing one of the best teams in the country in Oregon. We're going to find out who you are. We're going to find out who you are. Barfing chickens, hello. If BYU loses to SUU, then Slovis needs to take a hike. They're not losing to Southern Utah. No. Jim Choi, uh, Diego State beating UCLA. I thought he said Diego. Do you know who Diego <laughs> um, is? that Juan Diego State? Um, yeah, I, I don't know who Diego State is. So um, um, Diego know. Maradona University. And pardon me. Uh, it. it uh, um, uh, well, that game is at Snapdragon, and the line is. 14 and a half to UCLA. And here's the ultimate San Diego State don't want to talk about it question. No. Is Snapdragon a home field advantage? No, it's not. Will they not sell yet. out Snapdragon Stadium? Will they sell out? Might be close. 35,000 seats? Mm. Does UCLA fan come down? Eucla fan doesn't go to the Rose Bowl. Well, yeah, because the Rose was a pain in the ass. It is. Uh, I don't think they sell out. And I'm going to be very interested to see um, how Dante Moore does. I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, what he and and what they have in store for this for this this defense. Like I look at the numbers on Dante Moore are not stellar. 7 of 12 for 143 yards. Um, I don't know. Let's see what they do against uh, Diego Maradona State. <laughs> I do think they win. Yeah. I do. I think they win. I think that UCLA wins. And I think San Diego State, they better sell that place out. Yeah. They had better. Christopher Shannon, still can't believe she actually said that. The pro rata they deserve. Uh, why does Dixie College play this weekend? I, 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 I don't. What's Dixie College? Not sure who Dixie College. Yeah, is. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. So Dixie College. You know, uh, eagle-eyed Sullivan for two dollars. Will SFU cover the thirty-one point spread? Yes. I don't. Don't bet it, please. I am begging you not to say that FSU won't do something until they do. Please, because that matchup. In particular, I think if you look at Florida State, is there a, a more impressive team than Florida State that we have seen so far? I mean, they're supposedly favored by 31 points and the number's 53. <laughs> I would think they do cover that number. I think the, the advantage Florida State has on the, on the hype machine is that nobody thought well, I shouldn't say nobody because Brett McMurphy did, but 
nobody in generality wow. thought that Florida State, you know, was going to be some juggernaut. Yes, were they going to contend for the ACC? Sure, absolutely. But just because you contend for that weak-ass conference known as the ACC doesn't mean weak that you're conference. a juggernaut. Well, seriously. I mean, we're, we're, I'm tired of hearing about how, you know, Duke is some amazing team. They won that game. They Duke outplayed Clemson. But there's – dude, Duke, Duke, Duke does not Duke. deserve to be on the same field as Duke. Florida State, bro. Duke is Duke. So don't – Coach K isn't walking out of the football field anytime soon, okay? So Duke. let's not sit here and say that Duke is Duke and Duke Zion's going to come back and blow out his Jordan football cleat. Like, that's not happening. Duke. So just get the hell out of here with that. Duke is Duke. Duke. Damn. Uh, I'm more interested in USC Stanford. That's a 29-point number for USC in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. They're 29-point favorites. Interestingly, though, the number 70. Yeah, Stanford will cover that. I think Stanford gets under that. I think Stanford will surprise some folks, and they will get under that number. But that we could see. Mike Rodriguez, Utah Tech, formerly Dixie College, plays Montana. We know. Utah Tech. <laughs> Utah women's soccer or Utah Tech women's soccer. Big shout-out to you. Good to see you. Um, let's see. Jeff Woodworth. Faber football sucks, but they have great toga parties. They're casual. Okay. Does Jake know this reference? Do you know this reference? Toga! Do you know this reference? He's going to look it up. Faber College, F-A-B-E-R. Come on, boy. A toga party is a Greco-Roman-themed costume party where attendees wear a garment inspired by ancient Roman clothing with what sandals. What has happened on this show today? The costumes, party games, and other entertainment often adhere to Jake the Roman or to Greek theme. trying to his lack of knowledge of Faber College and toga parties. <laughs> he is telling you without telling you that he's never seen Animal House. Yeah! Toga! Toga! You're on double secret probation and you want to have a toga party? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Cisbro uh, says Animal House. How do you not know that reference? I've actually seen Animal House and didn't know that reference. Conference Commissioner Gumby, it's over for Jake on the Monty Show like it was when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. The Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Oh, no. He's rolling. <laughs> Barfing chickens. What about uh, UNC App State game? I'm excited to see if they can pull it off again and embarrass UNC. No, 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 no. Why do people want to see like, why do you guys want to see North Carolina fail? Is it that Mac Brown choked buddy out at center field after the game or what? You know, what's the hatred towards UNC? North Carolina. North Carolina. 18 point home favorites. 58's the number. So they're gonna. It's gonna be. You're you're expecting NC to score forty points. You guys think that happens? <laughs> I mean, they look pretty good against NC State, <laughs> but Appy's no pushover. We'll see. We'll see. It's fine. There are some really crooked numbers, and very few of them lie in the ACC this weekend. Um. But don't forget to get that. That money down on Syracuse to cover the 23 and a half against Western Michigan. Please. Wow. Please. Man. All right. Let's uh let's get you guys hating on ESPN. Um, Disney versus Charter. Have you guys seen the scandal? And please, really quick, if you're yes. if you're ESPN hater guy, 
please save the ESPN is dying take for another day because that's not what this is. Yeah, I loved it on Twitter today when somebody was like, here's why ESPN is eventually dead. (laughs) ESPN is not battling with Charter Spectrum Cable. ESPN's parent company, Disney, is battling with Charter and Spectrum. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. ESPN is the leverage for Disney to do a deal with Spectrum and Charter. And here's what they're arguing over. Not ESPN. They're arguing over streaming. And the fact that Spectrum and Spectrum slash Charter wants to be able to sell a streaming bundle to its customers and pay nothing for it to Disney. They want to bundle Disney Plus, Hulu Live, and ESPN Plus in a pack and sell it to their customers, but they don't want to kick any of that money that they make from selling it back to Disney. Disney, of course, said, hell no, we're not doing that. And so they're in a carriage dispute, which has seen Charter Spectrum lose access to, amongst others, ESPN and ABC, which pissed a bunch of people off in the state of Florida because right as the college football season kicked off with Utah and Florida, ESPN, ABC, and Disney pulled their programming from Charter and Spectrum. Thus, we have a battle. The issue really comes down to the simple fact that this may be the kick in the ass that ESPN, ABC, and Disney need to go direct to consumers because that would seem to be the plan. The question is, are you willing to pay for ESPN and ABC, your home for just about every major major professional and college sporting events? Are you willing to pay to get it directly in your house? I'm a yes on that, Jake. Where are you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a requirement, right? I mean, to not have ESPN is to not watch sports. I mean, ultimately, like, we talk all the time on the program about how, hey, like, you know, Fox literally has nothing that you care about outside of a live football game or a live baseball game or whatever. ESPN can say, hey, we've got, let's see, uh, NFL, Major League Baseball, F1, NHL, NBA, like everything under the sun, right? So I don't know how anybody sits here and is like, yeah, we're not going to have ESPN. We're not willing to pay. I got news for you. I'm an ESPN guy. I've got ESPN Plus. I've got everything that you could want for sports. And yes, we do a show and we got to stay in the loop. But if I didn't do a show, I'd still have it because I want access on my phone. It's the beautiful thing about YouTube TV. Not that they have anything to do with this conversation. But my point is, is that access on the phone is king. And ESPN's got that dialed in. So with all due respect to Spectrum and all these other companies that want to try and lay the wood to ESPN and Disney, really... That's not going to happen because Disney slash ESPN knows they've got the consumer. The UFC fan has no choice. It's ESPN or bust, right? Like, you're not going anywhere else. And that's why I say ESPN is the juggernaut in the space, whether you're Spectrum, whether you're George Klyavkov, whether you're, uh, you know, uh, anybody under the sun that has anything to do with consuming product or having them carry your product. And furthermore, with creating content. Yeah. Again, remember what the dispute is here. It is the streaming rights to Disney, Hulu, and ESPN. 
and Spectrum Charter don't want doesn't want to pay for it. So you're you're what are you? You're either cheap or you're out of touch with your consumer. And I think you're cheap because you know that you're going to make an ass load of money on that. And what Spectrum Charter wants to do is offset their cost of paying for Disney Channel's ESPN and ABC. That's what they're trying to offset, which makes ESPN lose money paying for content that they have exclusive access to. I don't think this is an ESPN problem. I think it's a Disney, and really, I think it's a problem with it with Spectrum Charter. Yeah, I, I just don't. I it is so frustrating that every time Disney's involved in something, ESPN takes a beating on it. I don't get it. Uh, Corey Erickson, ESPN even has cornhole world championship games. They really are everything in sports That's entertainment, what I mean, dude. Like. You're really going to tell me that's that that av- even average Joe guy like I can tell you right now dude uh, even for the most out of touch unplugged businessman sales guy who just needs something on the TV during the day to keep him like busy. Animal House not no actually no they're not having Animal House okay, no. uh they have ESPN on the tube it's yes. either a news channel or ESPN and the only reason I know that because we sit in a lot of meetings at a lot of people's office and what's on the tube depends on the day, but it's either going to be a news channel of whatever variety, or it's going to be ESPN. Yep. Fox FS1 is not going to be on the TV. No, nope. you can, you can just bank on that. Teddy Wayman, a member for eight months. Okay, Teddy. Uh... Let's go Theodore, the tile king of Utah. Sup my fellow homies. It's great to be talking about actual games instead of TV deals. We agree. Hundo. P. Roundabout says agree about ESPN uh, apart from a cable provider. I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't know why you wouldn't. Jeff Woodworth, I am battling with Charter Spectrum. They scrambled some of my favorite channels. Oof. That's what I mean. Dude, you can't be a cable company and mess around with your consumer because YouTube TV exists. And by the way, ESPN's in tight with YouTube TV, right? Every time someone signs up for YouTube TV, what did you say? It's 10 bucks? 25 bucks. 25 bucks, dude. Every time somebody creates a YouTube TV account, ESPN gets a check for $25. Let that sink in. And then you see Matthew saying YouTube quad screen is legit. It is amazing. Right? On YouTube TV, it's amazing. So with all due respect to Spectrum and Charter Sports or whatever it is, you guys are idiots. Yeah. Like, cough it up. I did enjoy the YouTube TV multi-screen, didn't we all? Yeah. Didn't we yeah. all? Yeah. I'm telling you. And we haven't even experienced Sunday ticket yet. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreak 25, I got my daily dose of Big Ten hate. See you tomorrow. Did we hate on the Big Ten? No, today? we hated on Jim Harbaugh, bro. Oh, that's every day. Uh, RJC man, Jake is a knob polisher. He has dreams of working in Bristol. No. Do you really? I don't. Wow. Uh, no, Jake does not. Uh, Jake really hasn't represented himself very well today. I mean, who doesn't know about Animal House? I mean, he's not wrong. You know. Uh, Mike C. Rodriguez. Didn't ESPN also have uh, the National Tag Championship? They did. Yeah, dude. And dodgeball and on the Ocho. Yeah. That's right, T. Darts, poker championships, you name it, they've got it. Absolutely. Cleveland Rocks dropped Spectrum last Friday. Thank you. Really? After not being able to watch Utah game, got YouTube TV and love it. Should have done it a lot sooner. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Uh, OG Gary, ESPN owns the playground. They get to set the rules. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Jeff Wilbert, the Ocho has great dodgeball. See? See? 
There you go. Don't forget BYU tight end Isaac Rex coming up in 30 minutes. Uh, James, you missed my super chat. We missed your super chat? Let's see. Who else? Did we miss super chats? James says San Diego State is now called Sa- Snapdragon University naming rights sold so they can get that pro rata they deserve. I, they're never getting away from it. There's, what else do you say? Brady Hoke should be fired. Uh, ACC better than the Big 12. Don't be a douche. Oh, please, dude. dude. The ACC is better than the Big 12. You're off your rocker, man. So this goes back to what we originally started talking about on the show today. Program. Um, and that is, is the Pac-12 the best football conference in the country? Right I don't now. think there's any doubt that the Big 12 is the best or the Pac-12 is the best college conference, football conference in America. Yeah. There's no question about that. But Big 12 versus ACC? Boys, is, is, this, really a, is this really an argument? You take anybody in the, the Big 12 and you look at BYU, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, huge win for Houston at UTSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State's not good. I thought Kansas actually played well, although it was Missouri State. Um, I, I, I think it's close. I mean, Texas Tech is a big part of the formula of success in the Big 12. They look terrible. Uh, West Virginia is West Virginia. TCU losing hurts. Baylor using, losing hurts. But then everybody else won. UCF, Texas, Okie State won. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma scored 73 points. K-State, Kansas, Iowa, Iowa State. How did Iowa State win? Oh, for real. 30 to 9. That's a good day. It might be one of the only good days. Yeah. In the ACC, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I also think Clemson losing hurts that conference dramatically. Dramatically, if you if you look at the the real winners, I, I mean, you had one. Uh, you felt really good about Florida State, but I think Duke's win does not offset Clemson losing to Duke. No. Clemson's like that's a huge Clemson got exposed. Yeah, that's a bad look, dude. That's not a playoff team right now. I think North Carolina delivered. I think Pitt delivered. I I mean I I feel pretty good that that the rest of the ACC did their job. I love the fact that Mario Cristobal got a win at, at Miami. I thought that was huge. I think they're pretty close. I don't think one's better than the other. That Texas Tech loss is a big deal for the Big Twelve. I think that is a that is a big big deal for the for the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's a that's a flipping problem, in my opinion. Uh, roundabout Clemson is in decline because Dabo won't use the portal, and it showed big time. I mean, he doesn't have a quarterback. You guys, we built this program on NIL. Seventeen head is in Jacksonville still. He ain't coming back, and you don't have a quarterback. And I think it's a it is a real shot at your pride that DJ looks so good at Oregon State. Yep. yep. I think if you're a Clemson fan, that hurt badly. Yep. That hurt badly. But you're not firing Dabo. You're not. Uh, well, let's well, you're be not honest, firing dude. Dabo, you guys. But the but again, don't you expect far more out of Dabo? But do you know how hard it is to recover when you when you have a, a pure lack of talent? 
at that level, because they're not here to win the conference. They're here to win the national championship. In God's name, image, and likeness. And you can point to Alabama. Alabama lost by a grand total, I think, of six points. They were six points away from the college football playoff last year. In the Florida. dynasty is not over. Come on. Alabama's still damn good. Can you say the same thing about Clemson? No. No, I don't nope. think he can. I don't think he can. That's a, that's a big problem. And you look at, I will say, Baylor and Tech and TCU losing is not a good look for the, the Big 12. It is not, but the ACC is built on Clemson and Florida State. Yep. That they are. There's no, there's no, no doubt about that. No doubt about so it. I, and that's what I'm talking about. I don't know how you recover from that in the Big 12. So, yeah, there's probably an argument for the ACC. I don't think much of one. And it's week one. Tech loses to Oregon and starts 0-2. Mm. Not going to be much pew-pewing going on around here. Nope. Because that's that's not going to feel good. Uh, Jim Choi, Super Mario beating Jimbo in Miami. Eh, we'll see. I'm not going to believe in Mario until Mario wins a lot more games. Yeah, you got to prove it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, Duke effing clobbered them, man. Unbelievable. It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. One of the funny parts about that, though, was Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard plays this awesome game for Duke and then asks in the post-game interview a professor of his to let him turn his homework in late. Taylor, if you're seeing this, please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight. I think it's 12, so it may already be 12. Hey, Riley, great game last night, man. It was so exciting. Congratulations to you and all your teammates. But, you know, Wesley Williams and the other linemen who were in the class, they said they prepared ahead and did it ahead of time, so why didn't the quarterback? So no way, man. No extension. <coughs> Gangster. Dude. Let me just repeat. Bro. Duke is Duke. Bro. Nah, bro, no extension. Hope Dude. That, hope that grade wasn't important to you, sir. Don't believe us. Dude, you got a support buddy, man. Oh, that's hysterical. You got a support buddy. And your lineman sold you out. Well, you know, <laughs> all of us fat asses up front did our homework early. Ooh, the girly quarterback couldn't oh, do it. Oh, no. Yeah, screw him. How awesome is that? Well, Wesley and the other linemen, they got theirs done early. You know what I love about this professor guy? He's got just a little bit of an accent. So when he's talking, you're like, oh, man, you just knew He's from the got beginning. a little red ass in him. Yeah, a little. Taylor, if you're seeing this. Please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight. I think it's 12, so it may already be 12. Hey, Riley, great game last night, man. It was so exciting. Congratulations to you and all your teammates. But, you know, Wesley Williams and the other linemen who were in the class, they said they prepared ahead and did it ahead of time, so why didn't the quarterback? So no way, man. No extension. Hey, uh, okay, fuck you. Hell of a game there, kid. But, uh, no, Riley, no, you're done. You're done. Dude. Right. You're just a student in my class, sir. Student <laughs> in my class. Ain't no reset. Which I think is hysterical. I think it is hysterical. T. Higgins is a badass. Nice name. For $5. Conferences should be able to trade schools if the school wants to leave. Guys, 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 guys. We'll trade Boston College for and Syracuse for West Virginia and Arizona State. Quentin, <laughs> who, is, uh, who are you going to get in return for Clemson? Hmm. Boston College is going to have a better year than Clemson, I think. Yeah, undefeated, 10-0. College football playoff berth. Let's go. Yep. 
You already knew it. The nerve of you to be like, oh, yeah, we should be able to trade Boston College and Syracuse. Well, who's going to trade Clemson? That's awesome. Alex Rea, what's up, Alex? That professor's favorite Anim House character was Dean Wormer. Pause, bro. Pause. I would love to have hit the golf ball off that horse's ass. By the way, got fit at PXG today. Boys, wait until you see the clubs I got. Wait until you see the bag. I have a bag that's got a putter rack on it. It's got a magnetic putter holder on it. PXG's got the stuff. Wait until you see it. Lance Johnston, uh, causing two turnovers at the one-yard line was part of Duke's game plan. Oh, absolutely. Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke. Yeah, Check the Duke box, two turnovers. Whatever. Uh, Gary Wolf, what was the professor's name, Mr. Hand, was it? Yeah, well, can we roll it again? What was his name? I don't know his name. What did he say? Taylor, if you're seeing this, please. Taylor. Professor Taylor. You're the hell no, bro. Ain't no extension. Yeah, goddamn mine. The answer is yeah. no. The answer is no. Roundabout, bro. That magnetic putter holders is '80s tech, but it's awesome. It's a life hack, dude. It is the one what? of the. I have a really nice. And today I got fitted for a PXG putter. My guy Garrett at PXG. I was in there and I was like, dude, blade putter, blade putter, blade putter. He's like, well, let's try some things out. Soft person tennis. He's pulling the blade putter left. He's like, well, okay, I know you love the blade putter, but try this one. He gave me a winged mallet putter. Boom, right down the middle. We're in a control position. Right down the middle. It's it's amazing. Jan Whoa, uh, roundabout. PXG makes a nice putter. Yes, they do. And now I have it. And Well, I'll have it in a week because they make it custom for you. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. James mm -hmm. Knight. How many sets of PXGs have you got, Monty? They're sure hooking you up for the love or what. Uh, I have one set of PXG clubs. That's it. Just one. That you bought. That I bought. Yeah. And I, I also have a set that I bought. There's no hookup. Yeah. <laughs> no hookup. Uh, Timothy Green. Hey, hole in one. Yeah, I wish. No, it's called two holes for a reason. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeff Woodworth says, Scotty Cameron all day. I currently use a Scotty Cameron, and I got to tell you, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I love my Scotty Cameron. I am a Scotty Cameron guy. I picked up that PXG putter. He built a PXG putter for me on the spot. Mm -hmm. it, it's more comfortable. 36-inch shaft, so they can custom build you a shaft length. Length, 36-inch shaft. Can you measure it? And I'm telling you, the mallet putter, I'm, I, I, I'm not giving away my Scotty Cameron. But I will honestly tell you, PXG, they don't advertise on the show, you guys. You know that. I'm telling you, the PXG putter is more comfortable. And what is, what is jerk face over here always telling me on the crane? Bro, will you just roll the ball with the putter? Roll it. Think about rolling it, bro. And what did I do today with that PXG putter? Rolled it. It rolls. Just saying. It rolls. My uh, guy over here is like, did you see the ball hop like 10 times? Yeah, dude, because you're hitting it like 100 times harder than you should. Yeah. Roundabout. I currently have TaylorMade set, but thinking of switching to PXG, dude. Round, roundabout, are you in Utah, bro? Where are you, Roundabout? Yeah, where are you, dude? Well, if you need a... Mm, you let me know. He says, I use a Cameron putter as well. Oh, it's a, I have no dispute with the Scotty Cameron. It is a beautiful putter. It but is. 
I'm telling you, what did, what did what our boy Garrett say today? Hey, people think they can just go to the store, and because they bought a Newport 2, that means they're going to be really good at putting. When, in fact, you actually needed a longer putter, right? Your Scotty's just a touch short, not very much, but yeah. a touch short. Get some a 36-inch long putter, get some the mallet set up, and what do you know? Dude's rolling it, you know, knocked in like four or five in a row. Like, it's all good, dude. It is all good. Absolutely, positively, all good. So I am of the belief, and again, this is just me. Don't forget BYU uh, tight end Isaac Rocks somewhere around 20 minutes once practice is over. Uh, I am of the belief, and this is just my opinion, I am of the belief that golf reveals you. Because, dude, I was in there today swinging a driver, and he built me a driver that put 50 yards on my drive. I am not even kidding. You guys, I am not oh, even real. kidding. Cougar tracks. We're on golf now. Sorry, Rex. Maybe next time. <laughs> RJC man, 38. Odyssey putter is the best. Yep. By the way, real quick before we get back to sports and the Big 12 and all that stuff. What? what you putt left-handed mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. With a mallet putter. My guy was such a terrible putter. He switched to a left-handed mallet putter. With a super stroke, I might add. The, well, the super stroke's undefeated. Yeah. I will probably get regret. The super stroke grip, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah, I'm I, telling I you. I putt way better left-handed. It is, yeah. Way better. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins is a badass, says I use a nine-inch shaft. Yeah. This cock. <laughs> I had an Odyssey putter for years. Still have a two-ball putter, but haven't used it for a while. The white hot, the, the Odyssey jailbreak putter. Might be the best putter I've ever used. Roundabout, are you in Utah? Where are you? Yeah, yeah, dude, where are you at? Uh, Roundabout says I'm a lefty, so I putt left-handed, too. So does See, Jake. told you, man. Told you. Uh, Gary Wolf says stroke. Yeah. Giggity says, so Jakey Two-Hole switches up the super stroke? He does. You got to get stroked. He does. Uh, and Donuts, Canyons Golf Fund, let's rip. Let's go, dude. Yeah, dude. Cannot wait this weekend. Yeah, white hot, exactly. Uh, Matt Ritson for $5 last year. Disney shut down all ESPN and ABC on YouTube TV. Bring back very quick. Well, because they came to an agreement. Roundabouts in Florida. Ah, damn. Boss Frog, I'll stick to my Mizuno 225 and my Scotty. I'll let you guys know because I am. I even told my guy, the PXG fitter that we went and saw today. I told him, I, I'm a Scotty guy. I am a, a, I'm a Newport 2 Scotty guy. And I feel like I putt okay. I that that PXG putter is stupid. AAR Bomb Tech Mallet Putter by Bomb Tech Golf. Never heard of it. Yeah, Bomb Tech. I'm open to stuff. it. I am open to it. Hour number three of the Monty Show and all of our college football talk on the Monty Show, as always, presented by TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty, you guys. We talk about it all the time. Another big-time tech company forcing their employees back in the office this week. Meta and all of them back to the office five days a week or you got to find a new job. Why put yourself through that? If you're unhappy at work, if you're not making the money that you want to be making, trydaytrading.com. Day traders that graduate their program and day trade full-time make $1,000 a day. Part-timers make $300 to $500 a day. You guys, you can do this part-time and you can make $100,000, $150,000 a year. Full-timers make $240 to $260 a year at a minimum. 
you work for yourself. And if I told you, hey, why don't we give you a $10 30-day trial membership and that $10 is a tax write-off? It's education and it's, a, and it's a charitable donation. Those are all tax write-offs for you guys. Essentially, you're getting a th- free 30-day trial membership at Triday Trading. You get all of their coaching, all of their process, all of their software. What do you have to lose? Live the life you've always wanted to live. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. If you're just tuning in about 15 minutes from now, we expect Isaac Rex from BYU uh, to join us. BYU's got a big one this weekend. Not in paper matchup, but BYU... There are a lot of questions about the BYU offense, and obviously only putting up 14 points on Sam Houston against a really good defensive performance for BYU. They won 14-0. That's not the result that BYU was looking for. We'll talk to Isaac Rex about the offense. We will talk to him about Keaton Slovis. We'll talk to him about how exactly uh, BYU came out of game number one, and I I would expect a, a more robust offensive performance. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how guys like Isaac Rex feel because you got to remember Isaac Rex is a junior. This is a guy that's a leader on this team. This is a guy that's a veteran on this team. He's a a guy that is going to set the tone. He's a guy that's in that locker room and in practice every day, raising the bar of expectations offensively. So we'll talk to Isaac about that. But yeah, BYU's got an interesting test this weekend with Southern Utah because I'd also remind you that the Southern Utah Thunderbirds... Yes, they are 0-1, but they gave Arizona State at Sun Devil Stadium everything they could handle, 24-21 Arizona State won. I'm interested to see exactly what Southern Utah brings to Provo. That's going to be incredibly interesting Mm -hmm. um, because I also think that this BYU defense is legit. Yeah. And I'm... I'm excited to talk to Isaac. It's been too long. I'm looking forward to having him back on the show. Isaac Rex coming up in about 13 minutes. Stick around for that. Um, I think one of the biggest stories in sports today, uh, obviously this college football clock rule, um, I think has really frustrated a lot of people. A lot of people. Lane, Lane Train is on the, on the record now on 3sports.com quoting Lane Kiffin today. Talking about the fact that the game of college football is not broken, what are we trying to fix with this? Nobody's complaining that college football games are too long. Nobody's complaining there's a lack of excitement or a lack of movement in college football during games. Why did they institute this rule now? Because I, I think we both agree. I just don't see a need for it. Yeah, and, and and we're seeing this more and more in sports where you know we we have to find a way to change rules and change processes and change the way the game sort of operates and maneuvers. And and I don't really understand that because, uh, again, as Lane Kiffin said, dude, we the game isn't broken. It's not like, hey, the, we're taking six hours to do a college football game. We're taking en- as much time as we need, which is only usually three or four hours. But for a good football game, bro, we were in L.A. over the weekend, and I couldn't wait to sit around and do absolutely nothing while I watched LSU and FSU. I couldn't wait, dude. I was so excited. And obviously, it was a a pretty solid game. But, like, my point here is that we didn't need to speed up the game. And the the tragedy in this, and I think this is kind of the point that, that, that the NCAA can't get away from, is that you're not really shortening the game. 
right? You're not really like you, you total time shaved off the game isn't all that much. Two minutes. So we needed to keep the clock running after first downs outside of the two minute warning because you wanted to save two minutes on the overall game so then you could go and play more ads. It it I shaved mean, four minutes off the broadcast, two minutes of game time. For what? It's remarkable. And yet they got far more commercials into the broadcast. That's why that's what we're talking about. This is yeah. a money making move. And I think it's bad for the game. And and I think if you're an average college football fan like most of us are, that you're you're not going to love this. No. You are not going to love this in any way, shape, or form. Matador Mike gives us five dollars to say tech beat tech beat themselves. If that game's played ten times, tech wins nine. Totally agree. Yeah. I still believe they, this is a really good team. Hope they have fire in the belly. I Thanks. love talking about this as well because one of the things we talked about today on the program, if you're just tuning in, was this conversation about the Pac-12 being the best conference in college football so far. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. And one of the drags on the Big 12, it's a, you had marquee programs in Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor all go down in flames. And while I think Texas Tech is probably going to be just fine, as is TCU, they're still 0-1. And it's dragging down the Big 12. I think TCU in that group probably has the best chance to bounce back unscathed. That would just be my guess. Mm -hmm. But I look at Texas Tech. This is on Tyler Shuck and some of the defensive game calling, game plan calling. Like, it's a little surprising they blitzed as much as they did when they were in complete control of that game. Even late in the fourth quarter, all you had to do was get off the field. Texas Tech, I can think of three blitzes that backfired in their face for first downs for a while. So I believe you're right. I think Texas Tech beat themselves. Well, and this is this was my criticism of USC against San, uh, San Jose State, the defense for USC. Hey, you sent, you sent too much pressure. Your front four was doing exactly what they needed to be doing. Yeah. Were you sacking their quarterback regularly? Well, no. But they also weren't running all over you. They also weren't doing a whole lot in the short game. You were forcing them to play the 7-15 to 15 yard yes. game. You, they weren't yes. playing the 1-6 to six yard game. And, and I think that's too often what defensive coordinators don't understand. I, I get it. You went to overtime. You were It was a goal line situation or red zone situation. You know, you felt like... Hey, this is now, this is, you know, the time to send a zero blitz. But I'm telling you, that was the wrong decision there. And I know, hey, you know, couching, you know, couch coach, whatever, looking back 2020, like I get it. But you didn't need to do that. They would not, I don't know that they would have scored if you had just played your standard defense. I, I no, really I have agree. doubts. I agree. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one, Chris. Ex-NFL player Mike Williams passed away. After he fell on his head at a construction site, his dad described this injury. The, I mean, I think most people know Mike as a Buccaneers wide receiver. He was a guy that everybody liked universally. He was working on a construction site, and his dad described it as a beam falling on his head, and he never woke up. Terrible accident yeah. uh, for Mike Williams. Uh, Cougar Tracks, any chance they remove that rule now? I don't think so. Because they, they see it makes them money. Yeah, it's just printing for them. It and makes we, them money. Dude, we had a comment earlier on the A&M game, I think it was, where they had three plays in a row, where after each play, because it was a scoring play, then the kickoff, that like three plays in a row, where then you get a commercial break. 
And it's like, dude, I it's understand really frustrating. it, but damn, dude, like as college football fans, we don't need it every time, man. I agree. Uh, let's see. Connor Johnson, all for money. Feels like I'm the only one who's taken the red pill. College football is effed. Greek killed it last year. Well, as an Oregon State fan, I would be pissed as well. And if, do you guys believe that Washington State's going to sue? Because that's what this <clears throat> sounds like. That's what this sounds like. It sounds to me like Kirk Schultz, and maybe I, I don't know Kirk as well as I think I do, but I think Kirk Schultz is going to sue. I think that that's the only way that Kirk Schultz feels like he can get whole. Yeah. But I, how are you going to sue? It's not like anybody anybody left you high and dry. You left yourself high and dry. Okay, here's and, and that's that's kind of the road I want to go down. We're really going to sit here and and be and be fooled or you know, threatened, I guess, on some level because this guy over here who's run his athletic department into the ground is saying that he's going to sue. What exactly are you going to sue on? What it, what evidence do you have that someone perpetrated something against you? The only thing that you have to say here, the only thing that there is to say here, is that all these universities were free agents because the grants of rights was coming to an end. Yes. And so what is your argument going to be that, hey, we were still inside the grants of rights and you you guys weren't allowed to leave? Well, no one's left before the end of the grants of rights. So this is classic Kirk Schultz saying, oh, we're going to sue. We're going to sue. Our legal team's on it. Uh, our legal strategy is coming together. The only mm. thing I can really say today is within the next seven days, we'll have a much more thoroughly announced legal strategy that I'm sure Coog Nation is going to want to talk about once it's out there. What, what, what do you mean once it's out there? That's, that's the thing I'm struggling with. Antitrust related, given the collusion of Fox Sports and the Big Ten to lure away Washington to Oregon, there was no luring them away. And, I, and listen, again, I understand the struggle and the frustration for Washington State fans. Hell, Connor, for Oregon State fans. Yes. Oregon State probably is the real victim here. Yes. But the grant of rights expired. And I think people love to throw around terms like, oh, antitrust. It's antitrust. Okay, that's cool. What was the antitrust violation here? Is it that Oregon State was left in the lurch because people broke a contract? No, there was no contract that they broke. If they had left today, that's breach of contract. Yeah. They're not leaving today. They're leaving July 1st. And they're doing so because they don't have a contract any longer with the Pac-12. So we can sit here and we can fantasize about antitrust we can sit here and we can fantasize about becoming legally whole. The bottom line is nobody wanted Washington State. Everybody wanted Oregon and Washington, USC and UCLA. And very clearly, the Big 12 wanted the four corners. The saddest part of that is Scott Barnes at, at Oregon State is left holding his bag because they were the odd man out. And it's really unfortunate because I think Scott Barnes and the athletic department in Oregon State wholeheartedly have earned better. Earned. Agreed. Earned. Didn't deserve. You only deserve yes. what you've earned. Scott Barnes at Oregon State earned better. Well, he's the one that's suing, right? 
Apparently. Right? He's, he's the one that's, you know, litigating and saying, hey, like, we're going after people. No, dude, this is my problem with Kirk Schultz. This is my problem with all these kind of guys in college football. The guys that don't win but then want to bark really loud. The guys that, that don't win want to lie about what happened and then want to sue people. No, you're only suing people because you got beat. That's it, right? If we think about it, Kirk Schultz got beat here. You got outmaneuvered. You got outmaneuvered because you trusted George Klyovkov to find a solution. You got outmaneuvered because you believed someone's professor who said the Pac-12 was worth $500 million a year? Do I have to remind you that professor is not at ESPN? That professor is not the guy setting the price? Right? Like, this is what I mean. This is the same guy who's been running bad business after bad business. So I'm supposed to sit here and have to believe that this litigation has any legs to it, has any substance, has it's any wild. sort of structure wild. to it? It's absolutely wild. And I, I wish I wish Oregon State had a better result, but I'm with you. I think Washington State's made its bed. Now it's got to lie in it. Yeah. I think I think Oregon State's a victim. Hundred percent. I think I think Washington State's a victim of their own incompetence. I, I I think that that Oregon State is a is a long term. Hopefully, hopefully, my opinion, hopefully is a long term Big Twelve candidate. I'd love to see them in three years after they go through the Mountain West I, process get there. But I would love to see Wa Washington State and Oregon State, and more pointedly, Oregon State. Go to the, the Mountain West because it gives them a seat at the table in, in the college football playoff, especially in an expanded 12-team playoff. Yeah. Because I am a big believer that Jonathan Smith and the Beavs are going to win 10 games this year. I think we've already seen that quality come through. If DJ Uyunglele is the guy that we saw this past weekend, look out. Because if that, in fact, is the case, I think Washington, I think Oregon State's going to be an incredible handful to deal with. Is that the case? I don't know. And by I the way... Know. There was a lot of people, there have been a lot of people writing about this idea, and this is probably for another day, but there's an idea out there that even if Washington State and Oregon State go to the Mountain West, because of the NCAA bylaws that say you have two years to get back to eight teams, the minimum for conference structure at the P5 level, that they still have the auto bid into the college football playoff for that second year. Yeah, I don't so, know. So I, I don't know how all of that's going to get like, but nobody's going to. The problem is. That's being negotiated now through yeah. this this automatic qualifier conversation that's happening in the college football playoff committee meetings. Yeah, and now that the ACC is expanded, I continue to maintain the best course of action for Washington State and Oregon State is to get to the to get to the Mountain West, which we're told is happening. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Chris Morgan, sick joke to have the Pac-12 be this good in the final season. It's so frustrating. Yeah, but. If you've listened to the show over the, the past year, we've told you. The Pac-12, this isn't new that the Pac-12 is this good. This is not new. The Pac-12 has been this good. The problem is nobody knows it because nobody watches the games. Yep. Because of Pac-12 networks. USC has been on the Pac-12 network two weeks in a row. Why? <coughs> Why? You're hurting yourself. But that's what the Pac-12 has always done. And it, it's... It's not new. The slander on Utah should never have existed because Utah is that good. Because mm -hmm. Oregon is that good. SC is arguably one of the top five teams in the country right now. Yeah. Will it be that way? Probably not because they're going to eat each other. They truly will. Matador Mike for $5. Kirk Schultz mismanaged his budget. 
There's no argument there. We are adults, not peewee football. He does not get a participation trophy. But all due respect. That's exactly right. Yeah, dude. And it's it's just a travesty. It is just a travesty that the Pac-12 melted down like this. I, I don't even... I wish there was some way to spin this or make it feel better. There's not. No. There is not. It is not in question anymore. The Pac-12 is dead. When will when will the funeral be? I don't know. It it we know it could be as late as June 30th. But what's going to happen with Washington State and Oregon State? I, my guess is they end up there in the Mountain West, but Kirk Schultz mismanaged himself into the ground, which is exactly what the Pac-12 did. Yeah. And I, mm, it is so, so frustrating. Isaac Rex uh, from BYU will join us here uh, as soon as practice is over. Uh, let's get your thoughts in here. I love that you guys participate. Please hit the uh, thumbs up. Give us a like. We have had about 5,000 views today and only 143 likes. So if you haven't hit the like button, please do that. Um, let's see. Who's in? Uh, how about... OG Gary, the Pac-12 is amazing the first four weeks, then carnage begins. Yes, Truth. yes. Truth. Truth. It, is, it, it just it is what it is. RJ, uh, send OSU to the Sunbelt Conference. Pony can introduce them to Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> Come on, man. Roundabout. Oregon State would do really well in the Mountain West, to be fair. They would dominate in the Mountain well, West. Well, obviously they have that path to the college football playoff, and, and I think that that's, you know, for them – and Scott Barnes, like that's the that's the positive side of it. You know, that's why I think for Oregon State, it works so well because you are a ten win team and you're more than that in the Mountain West. So if let's say, because as you were saying, hey, this is all getting adjudicated. So let's say as part of that, nine game conference schedules come out. Dude, Oregon State's gonna dominate that conference. Now like But are they gonna be able to sustain the level of recruiting? Is DJ Uyunglele going to stay at Oregon State, or would he have ever gone if they were in the Mountain West? Doesn't he have just as good a chance to get to the college football playoff as he did at Clemson? He does. Probably better now. I mean, it's a, literally, it's a direct path. Yeah. I I mean, the I think the G5, the G5 is going to keep their automatic qualifier. The, 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 the highest-ranked G5 conference champion gets an automatic qualifier to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And Oregon State, if they join the Mountain West, could absolutely be that. Hell, what we saw to Cam Ward in Washington State, they could be that. But I'm sick for Oregon State. Yeah. I love Scott Barnes. I think he's a great athletic director. I hope he doesn't go to Washington. I hope he stays at Oregon State and they thrive. And I hope it all works out. I just don't know where. Connor Johnson, y'all guesses as good as mine. What's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I just don't know at this point, I don't know what else would happen. I mean, obviously, Oregon State's not going independent. No. And and you're They're not, not going, going to the Big 12. You're not going to the Big 12 right now. You're definitely not going to the AAC. I agree. Uh, so the Mountain West is really what you have left, but I don't think for them that's a bad option. No, I would agree with that. I totally agree with that. Uh, let's see. Chris E., Pac-12 would be, have been the best conference if time slots weren't having games at 10 p.m. But I think that's real. I, I honestly, dude, 7 p.m. Pacific, but 10 p.m. Eastern. Isn't the uh, Colorado game at 10 a.m. kickoff? It is, yes. I I'm think it's sure a it 10 a.m. kickoff in Boulder against Nebraska, which, how is that? It is 10 a.m. on Fox, Colorado, Nebraska. 
Yeah. I said 10 a.m. 10 a.m. It, it's amazing. Connor says, thanks for the beave love, fellas. Well, if you're new to the show, it, we, it, that's always been. I, I'm a huge supporter. Huge. Uh, Northeast Ohio, Blossom State fan, ESPN fixes college football. Like repairs it, right? That's mm-hmm. what you mean? Oh, you mean like the fixes in. There's a lot of that. Jeremy Callahan. What's up, Jeremy? But Oregon State would need to sustain their level of recruiting. They would. Because the Mountain West is no joke. No joke. Uh, Roundabout, if the college football playoff is a reality, then maybe. Yeah. Jeremy Callahan. Jeez, Monty. Jinx, LOL. You know. You know. Truth. Corey Erickson, what would have uh, what would happen if the Pac-12 went undefeated in non-con for the season? Respect for the schools? Probably not. Probably not. Well, the respect was already paid by expansion. Yeah. Uh, Jim Choi, Jonathan Smith going to Iowa for $8 million per year. <sighs> no. Uh, brass balls. Big bad brass balls. We were dude? talking Where about you, you been, the other day. Bro? All I have in this <laughs> world is my balls. We were talking about you the other day. We were like, where's brass balls been? Uh, it started when the pack asked some Pac-12 eggheads how much they were worth, and they <laughs> believed it. <laughs> can you believe that happened? A professor. Hey, uh, can you do a market analysis on uh, what we're worth? And you came up with $500 million? Th- that hurts my head. What? That, that hurts my dude, head. Dude, maybe you need to get a fresh piece of chalk and a new eraser, dude. Ugh, brutal. Callahan, uh, 10 a.m., be there uh, for over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Well, <laughs> he ain't wrong. Uh, so GK keeps his job for two more years? I doubt that. No. I doubt that. By the way, uh, anyone excited for good old Pat McAfee on ESPN tomorrow? Oh, that's right. It's tomorrow. That's I- right. Pat McAfee launches on ESPN. Man, so many people are calling him a sellout. And I just ask, what would you do? Well, yeah, I mean, you take the 50-plus mil. Yeah, but, like... Not a sellout. The question is, like... Because on game day, he was wearing a suit and everything. Yes. But I'm curious. What is it... How does that pan out, man? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm also... I think that's going to be really interesting to see Pat Mack on ESPN. Um, I'll be very interested on that. Um, As we wait for Isaac Rex, we're told he will join us here in a moment. Um... I will let you know when he is ready. Um, as I see Duff Tittle holding the camera right now. There's Duff Tittle. Duff, what, Duff, what are you doing, sir? Look at that hat. Look at that hat. Duff, that's a beautiful hat, Duff. I love it. Duff Tittle from BYU. Always good to see you, my friend. And there's Isaac Rex. Oh, there was a flash of Isaac Rex. <laughs> How's the audio, guys? Are we okay? Oh, you're perfect. You're perfect, right, I'm gonna Duff. I'm going to hand you over to the man because I know he's really who you want to talk to. Indeed. Duff, good to see you, my guy. Always good to talk to Duff Tittle from BYU. Great to see you. Hang on. Let me put him on. You bet. There he is. Hey. Wow. Isaac What's up, Rex looks, What's up, my guy? You look really hey, good. I How just, are things? I wanted to say that your guys' coverage on all the expansion stuff has been super awesome. My parents love watching you guys, and they'll, they, they'll send clips in our family group chat about, oh, check who's going here, check who's going there. Like, And you guys were at the forefront of that. You know, so I just want to say you guys are doing a great job and we watch your show all the time. The Rex family did. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Isaac. Um, are we making too much? Let's do a great job talking about how, oh, the panic button about 14 points. You guys won the game 14 points. You did the job. 
Are we making too much out of the fact that it was 14 nothing? Uh, no, honestly, I, I, if I was a fan, I wouldn't really want to, you know, watch that either. I, I feel like as an offense, we're, you know, we're disappointed in how we performed on Saturday. We, we know there's, we're a lot better than how we performed. Um, you know, there was uh, mistakes that we made that are easily fixable. And, you know, there's plays that we can make. And that starts with me. I had, uh, you know, a couple plays that I could easily made or I could have made. And, um, you know, that's just that we just got to take accountability as an offense. We want to, you know, play better than that. But we know we're a good um, offense. We've been playing against this, you know, this defense this whole fall camp, and we've been doing great. It was just, you know, maybe some first game jitters or rust, but um, obviously we're disappointed in our performance, but we're definitely going to step up and make it better. You know, it's interesting, Isaac, to hear you talk about it because you're, you're experienced, right? Like you're, you're not, you're not a freshman. You're not a young guy anymore. Like you're, I look at you as a leader on this team. I think you're a guy that people respect. I think you're a guy that people listen to. How seriously do you take that role and how comfortable are you with where you stand at BYU right now? I take it very seriously. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a captain. So that was voted by the players. And so obviously the, the players respect me and they expect me to go out there and, and make plays and help out the team and whether it's blocking, whether it's, uh, you know, catching and whether it's pass blocking or, you know, or run blocking, you gotta, I just gotta go out there and uh, help the team out uh, whatever way I can. Cause you know, I, uh, I love this team so much. I love BYU. I've been here, you know, this is going to be my, this is my fifth year here and I've enjoyed every minute of it, but we got to realize that, you know, just cause uh, times get tough that, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. And, uh, well, we can easily fix our mistakes that you know we made on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I, I think one of the things that's so interesting about this jump to the Big 12 is expectations. And I know that's a heavy word, and I know that's a word that a lot of people use, but are the expectations that you guys have of yourself? Because I, I, I think you guys also do a really good job of insulating yourselves. I, I think your expectations are always going to be higher than that of – you know, critics, media, fans, whoever. But do you feel like you guys have set the right expectation for this season and, and for performances like you had last weekend and the one coming up against SUU this weekend? Yeah, I mean, our expectation has always been, you know, to uh, be the best offense on the field, game in and game out. You know, there's not a lot of uh, future goals that we want to look to down the line. It's It's more about, you know, individual weeks. And so when you feel like you lose an individual battle on one play or, you know, uh, you don't play as well in one game, it's it's frustrating. But you can't focus on the future too much. You got to worry about SUU. Can't worry about who's next and on the schedule. You got to worry about, you know, that week. And so we've, uh, we've had a lot of um, time to gel as an offense. I feel like we know we're really good. Our expectations are high. And uh, we're ready to, you know, show that, even though we didn't really show it last week. Hey, a couple more before I let you go. I appreciate you joining us after practice today. How's Keaton Slovis fit in? He was one of the real, real interesting cats. And talking to him at Big 12 Football Media Day, he's just impressive. He has that. First of all, he's a really good-looking dude. He's a quarterback good-looking dude. Let's be honest yep. about it, right? He's good-looking And he, he, he has that presence dude. about him, right? Like. How has yeah. he fit in, and, and how has he been as a new guy on the on the club? 
oh, it's like he's been on the team for, for four years, you know, four or five years. He fits in great with the culture. The guys love him. Um, Keaton's just a really humble, down-to-earth guy, but, you know, he has that fiery competitiveness that makes him great. And so um, I know Keaton, you know, he he uh, expects a lot out of this team. He expects a lot out of us as players and receivers and tight ends and, and running backs. He wants to – he came here to, you know, have a good season. And we're uh, working hard to help him out with his goals. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder when you look at the offense in total, and obviously you guys had a lot of top receiver talent not on the field, but you look at the offensive execution in total, do you feel like you guys blocked, executed? Did you do the little things well, and how much room for improvement and growth is there in those departments? No, there's a lot of lot, a lot of – uh, room for improvement on terms of the little things. Uh, you know, we had uh, too many penalties. That was obvious. Um, we got into some really bad third downs where it was, you know, third and 15, third and 16. You know, we're losing because we're losing plays because of, you know, alignment issues. It was, uh, you know, that's all fixable stuff, which is good. But, you know, that is the little things that, will help us, you know, be, you know, good in the Big 12, be competitive in the Big 12. That's going to – that's that's the things that we need to really work on. That could be our competitive edge. Um, but, it, uh, yeah, it all comes down to little things that we have a lot to work on for sure. Hey, last thing for uh, Isaac Rex at BYU. What does SUU look like on tape? What do you expect out of their defense this week? Uh, they, look, they look great. Experienced defense uh, held – Arizona State to only 24 points. Uh, obviously, that was it was a weird game because of, there was like a two-hour weather delay. They finished at like 3 a.m. A haboob. There was uh, a, no. a haboob, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a sandstorm or something? Yeah, I that's exactly it. I right. I don't even know how they saw the the ball. It was like so, it was so windy and sandy out there. But, yeah, no one was even at the game. They all left. Uh, so it was a weird game, obviously, for them. But they played tough, man. They're, they're a tough defense. Uh, they brought a lot of guys back from last year, similar to Sam Houston State. So, you know, we, we need to come out firing. You know, I'm, I'm happy last time we scored on our first possession, but we just need to stay consistent in our, in our offense approach, and, and we'll be uh, a lot better this week. So I'm excited. My man, good to see you. I appreciate your time. Stay healthy and have a great weekend, all right? Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you. There you go. Appreciate you as well. Isaac Rex, BYU tight end. And I, you know what? I, I love that guy's leadership. And it's it's one of the reasons I was really excited to have Monis to hear him talk about the fact that they, they have the pieces. You can hear that confidence. You can see that Isaac and his guys believe in what they're doing. But, man, it has got to be tough to go in there on a Monday or a Tuesday and watch that film and see missed assignments and penalties and those little things that you have worked on that you know you're better than that situation, that that drives football players crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, you wonder what the result would have been if you weren't third and 15. You know, you wonder what you would have been able to accomplish. And I think, again, th those are things that I that I am happy to write off to, hey, it's week one. I, I yes. totally get it. And, and I think... At the same time, 14 points isn't going to get it done against a lot of other teams. Like I, I, in, in, you know, I, I think he's he didn't say that exactly, but I think that's kind of the sentiment. Like, hey, yeah, we we won the game, we did the job, but there are so many little things that we need to improve on that would up the output. And I think that ultimately is what the offense needs. Now, 
you know, for all the people out there who want to have the conversation, hey, like, you know, is Keaton the guy? Like, I, I think it's too early to be like, oh, he's not the guy. Like, yeah, I'd love yeah. to see some more creativity. I'd love to see some more aggressiveness. But at the same time, there's no doubting it, man. You're in a new program. It's your first week. Like, there are things that you have to work through. Every player goes through that. So I would expect, you know, 30 points. I would expect, you know, a better performance. But we'll see. We'll yep. see. I totally agree. And I, I think they won the game 14 nothing, And I think it's important to recognize that. Yeah. BYU's defense did their job, but so did the BYU offense. She would have loved to have scored 42 or whatever. They did their job. And now that's behind you. SUU's not coming to lose the game. Right. They, they're not going to lay down. It's not going to be easy. That's a good program. He's right about the, the sandstorm, the haboob in, in Tempe. Mm -hmm. That was wild. Like we, I mean, we were with our family this weekend and a bunch of us have lived in Arizona. That's nothing to, to play with. That's like a serious situation to persevere through that for Kenny Dillingham and, and ASU was, was a, a job really well done. But Jaden Rashada did a really nice job for ASU in that game. And I'll also say this before we get back to your comments, the big 12 needs BYU. The big 12 needs BYU to be good. And I think BYU can, can fit that bill. I, I do. RJ says, Slovis plays scared as soon as he gets uh, hit hard. He can't make good decisions. He's got PTSD from the injury at USC. I don't, I, I think we're going to find out. We're going to find out because I look at Keaton Slovis as somebody who's got everything in front of him. They've lost nothing. They're 1-0. Compare that to Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU. Now, those are different opponents, different games, totally get it. BYU's 1-0, and a lot of teams are not. BYU's got everything in front of them. They've got everything to play for. I, I just would not. Yeah, I agree, Aaron. Big 12 needs BYU to be good. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. No doubt about it. Boyd Lake says, go up strong for the ball, Mr. Rex. We're pulling for you. Mm -hmm. Kids got to stay healthy. Love Isaac Rex. I wish him nothing but the best of health. Texas didn't. Uh, wow me at all, Jeremy Callahan says. No, they didn't. And Quinn Ewers is hearing it. You think Keaton Slovis is hearing it. Quinn Ewers is hearing it. And the fact that that Arch Manning didn't get in the game in garbage time, which I actually agree with. Because the second you put Arch Manning in the game, it's over for Quinn Ewers. And I think Sark knows that. But Quinn Ewers, do you want to be under that microscope? Because the expectations for Quinn Ewers are perfection mm -hmm. with Arch Manning sitting behind him. Because everybody views... Arch Manning as the second coming of Peyton and Eli. Yep. Which I think is completely unfair, but it is what it is. That's what we as fans do with expectations. That's no, Bronny, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Bryce. Exactly like, right. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this before. Exactly right. Um, Gary Wolf says, Isaac, there was a boob. Isaac's a married man. He only has eyes for one. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Joey has these guys believing there's a lot of talent on this tech team expectations is there anybody who here who believes that texas tech is just going to fall off the face of the earth no because i'm not that guy that defense is too talented tyler shook has to do the job there is no question my guy i i'm a, I'm a big shuck believer i'm somebody that has supported him i know a lot of tech fans are not i know this the again just like quinn ewers the backup quarterback's your favorite quarterback tyler shuck He's got to have a big step up this week. Now, obviously, it's Oregon, my guy. Come on. And Aaron's going to that game, by the way. Yeah. But 
Good luck with that. I couldn't imagine how frustrated tech players are knowing they uh, that win that game nine out of ten times. They do. Yeah. I think they win that game nine out of ten times. I, I kid you not. They win that game. Conference Commissioner Gumby, two holes has to give A.A. Ron a hug right now. No. No, probably not. No. Chrissy. No, I'm not doing that. Arch Manning isn't that good. Isn't he like a third string? <laughs> Arch Dude, Manning's very good. Don't he, get me started. I, I Okay. How do I say this gracefully? He's third string so that Quinn Ewers has rope to fail. That's why he's third string. Yeah, playing the political game. Yeah, you cannot have him. No, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that. Uh, I the Northeast Ohio Boise State fan. I stand with CM Punk. Bless up. <laughs> what happened with CM Punk? He got. I, I know he got fired or something. Uh, Shuck was supposed to come out a uh, and prove the haters wrong, but he did not yet. And no, he has not. Don't believe us. Uh, Callahan, Arch Manning is the third string QB, but why is he the third string? Because you don't want. The, so the, the so I, I, stay hard. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why we have fine mom. Quinn Ewers has the hardest quarterback job. I'll say it again. Quinn Ewers, I think I said it yesterday. Quinn Ewers has the toughest job in the country. So in the state of Texas, quarterbacks make a lot of excuses. Oh my God. Quinn Ewers is not afforded the luxury of being able to say the ball hit his wide receivers in the hands. No, he's not. He's not afforded that luxury, unlike other certain individuals in the state of Texas. So, so Why are you taking a shot at Dak? I'm just telling you. Quinn Ewers doesn't have that luxury. Stop Quinn Ewers it. has to complete. Quinn Ewers can't be 58%. You play! My bad. Uh, No. No, you don't. No, you don't. By the way, uh, no, uh, before Isaac jumped on the show, we were talking about Pat. Now it's coming out just 10 minutes ago. Oh, fuck. The uh, Wall Street Journal is reporting. ESPN is going to air Pat McAfee on delay to manage the cursing, apparently. McAfee acknowledged that he would try to lessen the number of F-bombs that he would use on the show, but also said he wouldn't completely get rid of them. So we're already starting, uh, hey, we need to manage expectations with Pat McAfee. Stop. Stop. Telling you, it's starting already, dude. Stop. All right, we'll talk about that tomorrow. A lot more college football tomorrow. A lot of NFL on opening night. By the way, uh, Bosa is back. Massive contract. Have all of it tomorrow on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online for free right now. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.